LA Noir is causing PS3s to overheat, but not if you ask Rockstar or Sony. Ghost Recon Online looks more like Call of Duty free-to-play, and we take a look at the big explosion some people are calling the Modern Warfare 3 trailer. That plus more on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jared. I'm here with Half Man, Half Machine, Nick Santangelo. Yeah, I've made some upgrades. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and I'm here with the fashionably late Rob Hill Williams. Hey, there's a story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The podcast is so important that Rob forgot about it. He's awesome. <laughs> busy man wow. and wow. typically busy doing stuff for the site so I have some sort of excuse some sort <laughs> <laughs> since he's uh, only missed one podcast before you know, I'm going to give him a pass on this one he's fine good. yeah and that was you know like, <laughs> that was like near death experience type missing so I, I think I get a, I think I do get the pass <laughs> <laughs> yes get the pass uh, yes this is MASHcast number 8 we are uh about two weeks out from E3, um, which, you know, good time for everybody. Everybody's looking forward to it. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, let's just uh, get into it. What's everybody, uh, what you've been playing? Uh, we'll start with Nick first. Okay. Uh, been still chugging along in Portal 2 co-op a little bit. Knocked out a couple more missions there. I, I promise I'll finish that game before the year is over. Uh <laughs> Other than that, I, I just I finished up L.A. Noir last week, which was absolutely phenomenal. Probably, yeah, definitely my favorite game so far this year. Just blown away by the, the voice work in there and the facial animations and everything. It's The only thing that sucks about that is it's, it's so good. By comparison, every other game is like such a drop-off. And I'm experiencing a bit of an L.A. Noir hangover in that department. Now I'm playing Infamous 2 for review, which I love. It's great. Um it's kind of similar to the first one, but there's a lot of new powers that are just a blast to play around with. And what's the point of a superhero game if you don't get new powers? Exactly. You know what, Rob? It's nice because they didn't really take away anything from the last game. Right from the start, you've got pretty much all the powers you had from the last game around. And you're just like, wow, where are they going to go from here? But give it a couple hours and it starts building on that. There were a ton of new upgrades and... I'll talk about it more in my review when that comes out. Might actually be out by the time people listen to this podcast, if not shortly after. All right. So are, are you, okay, just making sure you're done this time. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll finish. <laughs> now. Okay, cool. How about you, Rob? Uh, I just started playing Eleanora this week. Um, I know I'm behind, but uh, good so far. I mean, it's it's pretty much everybody else saying that it is. It's fantastic. Um 
been playing uh wow i'm drawing a blank all of a freaking sudden about what i've been playing but uh, i've been playing sid meyer civilization 5 uh i've had that sitting around waiting to play that for a while and finally got a tiny bit of free time and started that and realized that that's that requires a commitment to finish like a single game <laughs> i think i'm gonna turn like 150 or something and i'm like i don't even think i can win yet <laughs> um and yeah just uh you know a smattering of other games here and there still playing Dissidia, uh little borderlands uh battlefield bad company too that's about it all right uh now for me always playing starcraft 2 so yeah i'm still, still playing that stop doing that i, I can't it's, <laughs> it's a sickness I, I need help or i need to move to korea south korea that is <laughs> how would that help well, at least I'd be among friends. It might friends. get worse. <laughs> That's what I'm just saying. You know, I'd be one, you know, one of the cool cats. Maybe, I don't know. I'd okay. probably lose a lot. So, <laughs> maybe they'll just feel bad for me. <laughs> Either way, right. I'm still, still playing StarCraft. Um, <laughs> playing LA New War, just like everybody else. Um, awesome game. What I don't like about it is the frame issues on the 360 really bothering me with that. Well, first of all, the opening cinematic for me, like, skipped around. Me and another friend of mine, like, we both had the same issue. And um, then on top of that, like, some of the areas you go into, you just get, like, such, like, the frame loss, in my opinion, is just unacceptable. That is, like, so much frame loss. It's totally unacceptable for, one, a AAA title, uh, two, a game from Rockstar, and three, a game on a console. Oh, but that's that's my big beef about it. That's yeah. odd because I haven't, I really haven't had that experience with it yet. Like, not really any, you know, any of the frame loss and stuff. Uh, I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty early, so maybe that's part of it too. I'm not just wandering around doing stuff yet, but you know, well, you driving through different PS3, parts Rob? of the city. Yeah, yes, sir. Well, I've heard the problems not as prominent on uh, on PlayStation. I've only played it on 360, but supposedly it's it's a lot worse on Xbox and. I didn't encounter like Jared had in the in the opening. I I was fine there, and I don't think it's been too bad. But there there was one or two times where it really got out of control, particularly like I mentioned in the review. There was like a shootout at the post office, and it just started chugging. Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 the PS3 yeah. version that like a lot of people are saying that uh, the game performs better on there. Um, so yeah, one one up for PlayStation Three. Um, well, half up, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh yeah, half up <laughs> because uh, yeah, PSN still not all the way up. But anyway, we'll get into that later. But uh, back to what I've been playing. Um, LA Noir is actually I've been playing that. I've also playing been playing Gatlin Gears, which um, that actually I'm not sure. Have you guys played that at all? I have not. Never even heard of it. Actually. Oh, oh. Well, how about um, you guys hear about Greed Corp? Ever hear of that game? Drawing a blank. Sounds familiar. But I haven't played that either. I thought you guys were in the games. Jeez, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Only slightly. Only slightly. Yeah, basically, Gatling Games is like a, it's a twin-stick shooter. Uh, you have like this little mech of sorts. Um, and you go around, you know, killing enemies, shooting stuff. It's a top-down shooter. And it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's really cool. The reason I mentioned Greed Corp because it's... Um, it's based off of the world of Greed Corp, and in the world of Greed Corp, the world is constantly crumbling and falling away, 
and the same thing happens in this game, but it doesn't necessarily affect your gameplay too much. Um, but it's an awesome game. Looks smooth, plays smooth. I'll recommend that. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say on. Um, I'll look for it on the on XBLA or the PlayStation Network, but you can't on PSN yet. Um, I'm pretty la, sure. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> it on. I'm pretty sure it'll be up there. Hopefully by Tuesday. But yeah, hopefully. But uh, on XBLA, you can definitely. I, I would recommend checking out the demo because the demo was more than enough for me to actually purchase the game. Um, other than that, been playing Dirt Three. Dirt Three, for the time being, has shelved LA Noir. Uh, I've been waiting for Dirt Three since it was announced. And I was gonna say, I mean, it shelved Dirt Three, but you were gonna become a hermit when Dirt Three came out, so it's really not that <laughs> <laughs> shocker. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was waiting for. It. I'm really glad that they, they did not disappoint, like at all. Um, the game looks better. The handling's better. Um, I was hoping they would take Land Rush out because Land Rush sucked, but they kept it in and then made it better, so it doesn't suck anymore. So I don't, I don't <laughs> mind playing it. <laughs> That's good. I hated it because it sucked, but now it doesn't suck, so I'm okay with it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> oh, it's awesome job, guys. It would have been good job if they would have taken it out, but it's awesome job that they actually fixed it. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to see that they they addressed something that the community had a problem with. They yeah, the uh, the concerns of their their players seriously. Yeah, they did. They did. They did a good job. So great job, Codemasters. Yeah, props to them. But uh, yeah, I'm playing through that, and I should have the review up sometime before Tuesday. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, but uh, let's just go we'll roll from that right into the topics because we have quite a few things to talk about. Um, let's start with the letter A for Alan Week. Um, so last week we talked about... Last week we talked about uh, a project that was going on with Alan Wake, but it wasn't Alan Wake 2. We didn't know what it was, so we did a bit of speculation. Um, our speculation might have been uh, incorrect because there is a a rumor going around that um, the the Alan Wake project is going to be an XBLA game called Alan Wake Night Springs. Um, anybody who's played Alan Wake knows what Night Springs is. It's you know those TV episodes that would show up. Uh, while you were playing the game, like as you were, you know, going through each area, like each chapter has an episode of Night Springs somewhere inside of it. Right. Is that like Night Court? Because I love Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> Not no, exactly. No, no. <laughs> I mean, Night- I guess it wouldn't make sense to have you know a comedy show in the middle of just randomly. Yeah. Yeah, to lighten up the mood a little bit. Or just yeah. to screw with you a little bit more. Totally like. throw you off guard. Yeah. You know, so when the next guy comes out with a pitchfork that's made of shadows mm-hmm. and tries to kill you, he catches you a little more off guard. Well, you know, a quick, a funny story. Well, let me explain what Night Springs is first. Yeah, like, go ahead. Night Springs is like the Twilight Zone, but for Alan Week. Um, and actually, Night Springs, like the whole thing about Night Springs is a, it's kind of a play on Alan Wake itself, because the show's called Night Springs, but the town you're actually in is called Bright Falls. Well, wow, yeah. look at all that. Yeah. <laughs> and now people who've played Alan Wake is like, oh my god, I've never thought about that before. And their brain just exploded right there. 
And oh. we just lost half our viewership. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But um yeah, basically it's like um yeah, it's like the Twilight Zone. Um those that's what those episodes are like. Um so the funny thing is cuz Alan Wake in my opinion was not a scary game. Okay. Um there were a couple of uh and actually I can't even say you're really surprised because when you knew when enemies were around because if like nothing would ever jump out at you it like if enemies were coming like you know the screen would like zoom out and you would see where like you know where the enemies are um or you would like know something's coming because it would get all dark shadowy and windy but the one time the game actually did scare the crap out of me um it was actually that that screenshot we have on the website um, it was a situation like that, not that exact place anywhere. It's going to be in the show notes, but not that exact place. But it was like the TV is on this table, and like either like behind the TV or to like the right of the TV, there's a window. And as I'm watching the Night Springs episode, a shadow guy walks past the window. Nice, nice. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it's like logical, man. It's like logical. You don't need somebody jumping out at you to scare you. And he would jump out of me. He just walked past the window. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what you doing? I'm like, don't do that while I'm watching TV. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how this subtlest thing can have be so effective like that. And yeah, at least I'd agree with you. It wasn't like the scariest thing in the world. Like, generally playing the game, but but the atmosphere was really well done. It, it definitely felt like very spooky just walking around in the world. And it, it fit what they were trying to do there really well. Yeah, I think they did a good job of it being a thriller. Like, they called the game a thriller and not, like, a yeah, survival a horror game. It thriller, wasn't Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a psychological thriller. It's more just a thriller. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what I thought it was billed as, a psychological thriller. But, they uh, said it was a psychological thriller. Not too much psychological about it. Ever since Eternal Darkness came out back on the GameCube, it's kind of like everyone's been wanting to say that. Like, this is on some, like, higher plane of existence. Psychological thriller. You know, it, as opposed to survival horror. Like, how how often do you, do you even hear a game build as survival horror anymore? Even if it is. Yeah, right. I don't even know if they really build Resident Evil as survival horror because, well, it's kind of not. Anymore. Yeah, it's like action An horror. action game, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, which, pretty yeah, much. Good point. Yeah, like, I mean, there's not too many survival horror games left. I mean, uh, Dead Space... You know, yeah, and that's one that is you know legit, still that spooky you know crap jumping out at you, scary. <laughs> yeah, limited ammunition, stuff jumping out of vents, and crazy noises behind you. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, even though I was watching, uh, this this is guy, um, actually on YouTube, his uh, it's Toby Games, and he did a walkthrough like a, a well a playthrough of Dead Space. Dude, it, it was the most hilarious thing I've probably watched on YouTube. And it took a game that is like definitely like horrifyingly scary and just made it like so much fun to watch. Really? So, yeah, like I I might put that link in the show notes too because like it is hilarious. Like listening to this guy play this game. Right. So But uh but anyways, yeah. Alan Wake, so you know, I know we were all kind of um kind of worried when they were like hey alan wake 2 is coming according to some resume on linkedin oh no now remedy says it's not alan wake 2 uh it's not dlc it's something else there's only a small team working on it this is probably in my view the best possible outcome we could have got we're getting a a full-blown arcade game not 
Alan Wake 2, but better than Game of the Year collection with the DLC thrown in or something ridiculous like that. I mean, we'll see how it develops. As we, we expected haven't... originally. Yeah. Right, right. We still haven't seen anything, so who knows whether or not this is actually going to be like a good arcade game, but I'm confident in the team after after what they did in the original title. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see exactly what they do. Like, are you going to play it like on an episode-by-episode basis or what, you know? Yeah, as yeah, a different really perspective, not. you know, what's the, yeah. I can only imagine that Alan Wake is not going to be actually in the game. Yeah, I can't imagine he'd be the main character. It, maybe it's something from the perspective of you playing, like, an epi- episodes of the show or something along those lines. Who knows? Yeah, because yeah, he's not actually in the episodes, obviously. Right, but he's just those, watching those yeah, for those who haven't played it, like you said before, he's he's just standing there watching them on, on like little black and white thirteen inch TVs with rabbit ears. Yeah, so we'll see yeah. what happens. Maybe maybe you're a guy and you're just in the TV and you're just banging on the glass looking at him while he is getting attacked by a shadow guy. Why aren't you helping me? And he never turns around. <laughs> he never turns around <laughs> to go to look at it. He, he just stands there and takes it, and you're like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, you're yelling. Yelling with your TV, turn around, and Alan's like. What is he saying? Is he talking to me? And then he dies. Yep. See. <laughs> so spoiler warning. Make survival horror games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. We don't have any uh, release information. We don't know when to expect that. But, yeah. Apparently, uh, there's some screenshots floating around out there, but the source that they came from requested that they weren't released, so they haven't yet seen the light of day. Yeah. Well, We'll see those when they eventually come out. Yeah, if we yeah can I mean, get it's them. pretty much a lock that we're going to see this thing unveiled at E3 at this point. Yeah, Especially, well, it's how much keeps leaking out. Like, if they don't come out and just show us at E3, you know, it's, it's going to come out without their control, anyways, it seems like. Yeah, you're asking for it if you don't. <laughs> right, right. Pretty much. All right, so uh, let's move on to the next item. Uh, let's talk about some gay romance in Mass Effect 3. Um,. This, it became qu- quite the heated topic in Dragon Age 2. Yes, it did. But uh, now, uh, you know, they they have confirmed that there will be a gay romance option for the male Shepard in Mass Effect 3. So I wonder if this is going to cause an uproar like it did before. I actually, I can't even say it caused an uproar before because it was only one guy. Well, there, there are a couple guys. Yeah, and I can't see... I, I mean, yeah, there's a couple guys that are just aliens, so you're like, well, you know, whatever, a little weird, but I don't. I, I can't see anybody who's played a, a Bioware-like RPG being upset that there's a gay romance option, or that, you know, characters are bi, or, or what have you. I mean, yeah, I know, like, people are like, oh my god, there's so many, everybody's bi in, in Dragon Age 2, right. but at this point, like, can't we get over that? Like, you don't have to be a gay guy, just... Let it go. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think people can, but you could still be Mac Daddy Shepard, and you know, have all the the women in the universe chasing you like your Captain Kirk. You know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really a ridiculous argument. Like you said, to even complain about it. There, there's other options. Like, just don't do that if that's not for you. You know, and just move on with your life. What What is the problem? Everyone's being, you know, given a chance to explore things here and. You know, just deal with it. Well, I heard well, from what I read in one forum is the problem is um, your relationship with those characters. Like, if they were to try to, uh, you know, push up on you, 
And if you reject them, your relationship with them is going to be hindered. You know, so some players view that as a penalty just because they didn't want to go with the, you know, the gay romance option. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a legitimate complaint, actually. I, kind of, but we talked about this when we talked about Dragon Age 2 before, and it, that actually doesn't really happen that often. The only There was one character where that was, was something that could actually happen, and that's just the kind of character he was, and it's legitimate to say, like, some people are like that. You know, some people are interested, and you hurt their feelings if you don't, you know, want to fly that way. It's... It's the same thing, you know. That character got his feelings hurt because, well, he's kind of a whiner, <laughs> so, right? Right. I mean, and it's not like you can't recover. Yeah, and you can recover from that. You know, that one time when you kind of reject him and he gets upset, you, you can totally recover and be, you know, the, you know, that the top relationship option without being, you know, you could be the, you know, best buddies in the universe without sleeping with him, more or less. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a, a shallow complaint. It still just, to me, looks like the same same thing, which is I don't want to see somebody be gay in my game because I'm it's my game, even though you know you're just buying it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the the whole thing with with sex scenes in uh, Bioware RPGs, anyways, they're so ridiculous. Like you are much more likely to laugh at what is going on on screen than to be turned on by it. I hope, anyways. <laughs> That's the hope. Yeah. For, you, you, for every, you know, you're not, but somewhere, somebody out there. No, but they're, they are really, like, <laughs> it's really bad. And, and like, I love Bioware, uh, as I think most gamers do. They make tremendous games. But the, the sex scenes, like, it's just, it's, it's laughable. So, you know, it just is, let it go. It, what, it's what are totally you laughable, about? but you know what? It's laughable because typically there's such a big deal made out of things like that that they can't do anything more. I mean, there was literally, like, nothing shown in Mass Effect 1, but that became such a huge issue, even though there yep. was nothing that was shown. So then they got ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> and the next one. The conservative mainstream media just hears like, what? They have sex in them their video games? We gotta make a big <laughs> deal about this. Let's freak out. We haven't played a game since Paul. Anyone here at the, at the student station, let's, you know, make a big deal. And then, like, it was Fox News Channel, I believe, that, that like, really went nuts over it, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, it's Fox that usually goes nuts over that. And yeah, yeah. They, they hear Trust stuff about the games, they get upset, they call the rape doctor, and she explains exactly what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that this is, what's, this is what's killing our youth and leading to rape. Yep. That's <laughs> Sex that's and Mass Effect. Thing. And it's funny because eventually, when at, I think the newscaster that uh, had to report on that in the first place had only seen that clip out of the game because that's all they showed them, and that's what they thought the game was. And then when they found out, like, they saw the rest of the game, they actually apologized. It was only the news. Yeah. It wasn't like it was Fox News, but they actually apologized because they realized, like, that was pretty silly to get upset over because there's worse things in movies all the time <laughs> than in the yeah. game. Yeah. They need to have like a staff gamer or something to step in and be like, no, 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 no. And like, this is what's happening game. here. Everybody relax. They can get hardcore gamer. They can get him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. CNN took that step. Yeah, CNN took that step. And you see what happens. You know, circle, I, I grew up on games like Halo. What? <laughs> I'm like 32. hardcore gamer Halo. talk to the rape doctor. And everything will be solved. We'll fix all the problems. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, wow. All right. Well, yeah. it's good to know that's all fixed then. Huh? I'm going to sleep better tonight. Yeah, really. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, so, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I say we'll see what comes up with that. You know what? Uh, what? What? Uh, trouble that? Uh, you know, gets you know kicks up. But uh, let's move on to the 360 update. Um, well, hey, actually, we don't even know the 360 <laughs> update anymore because here's the deal. Okay, and this is going to be an ongoing theme with this podcast when we were talking about this in pre-show. Yeah. So, uh, news comes out that the new Xbox 360 update is, is incompatible with some models and causing them uh, it's you know not to read games at all. Um, the update was a firmware update that allowed uh, the 360 to use an extra gig on the discs uh, for the 360. So, originally, that's what was the issue. Okay. Then Microsoft comes out and says, um, the firmware is not the issue. But we're proactively contacting people who are being affected by the issue. But they're not saying what the issue actually is. But if it's not an update... Probably the firmware. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's not a whole lot of other culprits running around. They they didn't just spontaneously all stop working. And and it's awfully convenient that it happened right after this update that affects... The disks. Now, disk drives aren't working. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what do you mean? Like, nothing's breaking it, but it's breaking, so you're contacting people? You know, yeah, and- that's the thing, Jared. Like, if it's, okay, you know, let, let's just say for argument's sake, it's not the firmware update. Well, what is it then? It's got to be something. And if they're giving it us walks nothing. like a duck and talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Absolutely. And that's what this is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it shows you, if it was something else, we'd be hearing about it. Instead, we're just hearing, you know, soft denials and don't look at that. Look over here. We're fixing the problem. Yeah, if it's not the problem, it's kind of like when Red Ring happened or basically when any issue happens with the console and they at first say, like, oh, no, it's within normal parameters or, or you know, whatever the company line is. Right. And then it, and then they realize it's much worse than, like, you know, they might have thought it was, and then all of a sudden they have to do something to fix it. But they still kind of act like that wasn't the problem in the first place. That's all this is. You know, it's, oh, the firmware didn't break anything. We totally tested that because we don't want people to think we're incompetent. But obviously, it's the firmware that did it because so many consoles were affected at the same time. Yeah. And if I'm, you're offering to replace it or you're offering to have them contact you so you can fix the problem, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're giving away uh, you know, the 360 Slimline with 250 gig hard drive for people that are having the problem. So clearly, they, they feel really bad about it and, and are you know, going out of the way to, to f- make people happy. Yeah, I wouldn't say they feel bad about yeah, it. They, they just, just don't want you to make a fuss about it if it's you. Well, that's that's more what I meant. You're right. It's poor choice of words on my, my point. They're, they're more embarrassed, and they don't want everyone to be running around saying, oh, yeah, forget about all this problems Sony was having with the PlayStation Network. Microsoft, the Xbox 360s are breaking again. What's the deal with these guys? Yeah, it's like... it's that's, that's basically true, actually, making a point, because the more that they can look like they're impeachable right now, you know, unimpeachable right now, versus what Sony's going through, like, the better they look, but to have this happen pretty much just puts them on the same level, almost. Like, that, you know, they're still having problems, too, so everybody's just jacked up. But you want to look so much more above them, so that people go, well, I can get Xbox, and then I don't worry about this stuff with the PS3 anymore. But if you're hearing your friend go, well, I just got an update and it broke my system, you're not going to want that either. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
I'm waiting for Project Cafe. <laughs> yeah, that that, that three sixty they're giving you is just hush money, but it's a good hush amount money. of hush money. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's good a good amount. It's <laughs> pretty. Slim line, two hundred fifty gig hard drive. I'll be quiet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. I'll shut up real fast. Yeah, my three sixty never broke. I've had this since the day it came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wouldn't you know. lie to our listeners. Of course not. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. But it's it's the company line. It's whatever company does. It it is hush money, and every company pays it when something goes wrong. It would just be nice if every once in a while they could go like, yeah, sorry, we screwed up. We didn't foresee this problem with certain versions of the system or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying too. Just okay, fine. There's a problem. Don't don't act like it's not what we all know it is. Especially if you're not going to tell us it's something else. You know. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something causing the problem. Just tell us, okay? We we can handle it, I promise. <laughs> we, can, we can handle it. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be, like, rioting in the streets or something. You know? Like, 360's broken. That's the problem. Oh, we my God. Fine. Travesty. <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, internet. Yeah. This. yeah, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening. 360's breaking. What's next, you know? Nothing like that. Broke. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, really, at this point, come on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know what? <laughs> Microsoft isn't the only one saying that their product has a problem, but has no problem at the same time. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah, that's gonna go directly into our uh, Rockstar slash Sony slash Microsoft uh, cover up in regards to some problems that La Noir is causing. Yep, or, um, not. or not yeah. you know or maybe it is. Yeah. not pro- <laughs> actually it's the problem that it is not causing at all so much so that it's not causing any sort of problem that we feel the need to re- make out put out a press release that says that it's not causing any problems because that's how many problems it's not causing <laughs> what? so what's happening <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i'm going to catch everybody up if you in case you didn't know Breaking so down. All right, let's start with with the Sony the Sony one first because that's the press release that we're gonna put into the into the show notes. Um, La Noir comes out, and also Sony releases a um, update for the PlayStation Three. Uh, that same day, PS Three start overheating. <laughs> okay, so um, Rockstar says it's the firmware update. Uh, that's causing the overheating. Sony says it's LA Noir. Obviously, haven't talked to each other at this point. Okay. Um, now, what happens after this is I think the next day, Sony and Rockstar release a joint statement saying that neither LA Noir or the PSN update or PS3 update are causing the issue. Okay. Of course not. Neither one of these things are causing the issue, but you should contact Sony or Rockstar if you're having the issue. Everything is fine, nothing is wrong, but let us know if you're having some problems yeah, because you yeah. know it's not our fault. But we'll we'll look into it. Yeah. Just just we we will contact. We, the we're so awesome. We're just gonna look into it for you. Yeah, because we're just nice guys. I mean, come on now. Last week I could play my PS3 without it overheating. Okay, and actually other users are saying I got the update. I'm not playing L.A. Noir. My PS3 is not overheating. Or my PS3 does not overheat when I don't play L.A. Noir. Fair. You know? The problem is L.A. Noir. If there's a problem with the game, there's a problem with the game. You know? 
and just admit it. That's just going to make people more upset. I'm not even having the problem, and I'm upset. Exactly. Same here. You know? I mean, this is just ridiculous. And the fact that they just lashed out and were like, Sony did it. It was them. They did it. And then, like, five minutes later, like, oh, wait, that's not actually true. Uh, it's what we were just talking about. Yeah. Nobody wants it to be something that they did wrong. So they act like it's not. And at the same time, say, like, hey, we'll fix it. But Nintendo it's like, well, it wasn't your fault. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why are you going to fix it if it wasn't your fault? Yeah. Why are you You're not fix it that now? benevolent? Let, let's, you know, let's cut to the chase. It's a business still. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Rockstar is awesome developer and all that stuff. They make great games, but it is, it is still a business. They're in it for the money, you know. Um, now, on, oh, out. go ahead squeakier though if they just just give us a little more transparency with these things you know we don't need to know everything that's going on behind the scenes all that we need to know is is somebody says this was our fault we're really sorry about it big mistake here's what we're doing to fix it you know i mean it's not like the playstation network issue where it's going on for like a month here or something or the xbox 360 issue where they're breaking down for years just yeah we messed up we're fixing it let's move on yeah um, I mean, the, the alternative is that, well, it's not the alternative, but, but uh, the only thing I can think of is that Rockstar doesn't want to put the development dollars behind making a patch. And that's why they're not fessing up to it. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, Sony doesn't want to put up the money to put up a, uh, you know, make a new hardware patch. Because, you know, they're already spending a boatload of money yeah, fixing the PS. They just yeah. spent a ton of money, and they're going to be spending more to get through the stuff they've already had a problem with. And, bef- and, when, it- and when PSN was broken, there wasn't a problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, it was better when it was still broken. But, you know, such is the, such is the cost of doing business. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but, um... So, unofficially, it's L.A. Noir. That's what I'm saying. That's what Jared Redding, independent of Mash Those Buttons, is saying. <laughs> okay. I trust him. <laughs> but officially, nothing's happening. There's nothing wrong with L.A. Noir or your PS3. Okay. Or maybe there is. Or maybe. <laughs> Don't now, tell anybody. On the flip side of that, um. On the Xbox, LA Noir is causing freezing and crashing. But in a joint press release with Microsoft, <laughs> are, we seeing, are we seeing a pattern? I don't. I think we're seeing a pattern right there. In a joint <laughs> press release with Microsoft, <laughs> but both Rockstar, Rockstar is saying that LA Noir is not causing a problem. Microsoft is saying that the Xbox is not the issue. But yet the issue is still here. It still exists, regardless if you're covering your eyes and saying it's not that, that's not us, we didn't do it. And the thing that's really funny is that anybody who's had a history of playing Rockstar games, especially like their big open world games, knows for a fact that every time one of them comes out, it tends to do something, you know, because they're so expansive and so, you know, they push the envelope so much, they tend to break systems. When Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, there was a slew of reports of Xbox 360s not being able to handle it. It, it. Why is anybody surprised, and why is Rockstar really like going, la, 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 it's not us? Like, I don't know, <laughs> because obviously it's happened before. I mean, it's okay. People like your games enough that they keep putting up with it, so it's all right. Just say it's you. <laughs> well, let me just think about this. And it's so groundbreaking that it, your system can't handle it. 
I would be okay with that press release. <laughs> <laughs> I think about this, like with Call of Duty Black Ops on the PS3, unplayable for a lot of people, but those same people are going to go out and buy Modern Warfare 3. Yep. Those same people put Black Ops in their PS3 and hope that it works when they play it. <laughs> every day so I think you them just accepting and saying hey X is wrong and then trying to fix it would be okay I mean you're already raking in tons of cash already yeah. raking in tons of cash you can't pay a couple of developers to fix that issue really yeah yeah th- this game is as everyone predicted it's a huge money maker they're, they're pulling in hand over foot and they just said the other day that they're looking to turn it into a very successful franchise of games rather than just one outing. So there's a lot of money to be made, and that has already been made. Yes. Put a couple bucks back into it and make the people happy. Exactly. Help us. Help us help you, Rockstar. Help us help you. Help ourselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so unofficially, L.A. Noir. Sony or you know PS3 Microsoft nothing's wrong but call them if you're having problems <laughs> okay yeah so but uh from that we're going to move on and let's talk about something that I can't see being successful at all uh calling it right now Ghost Recon Future Soldier with Connect support yeah i mean everybody had said you know when are they going to make the hardcore game and the problem is that they shouldn't have made a hardcore game in the first place, but now they're going to, and they're really going to jack up Ghost Recon if they have to like make it that much different so that you can use it with Connect. It's going to be a problem. I am saying it right now. It's going to be an issue. <laughs> I mean, either they're either going to have to make a separate mode for Connect, or they're going to they're going to have to make the game and then playing with connect is just going to suck so bad that you should they shouldn't even promote it with connect or if they actually include connect like you know with the gameplay itself the game is going to suck yeah there's no there's no middle ground there's no way to half do this it, you know we we've seen time and again with Wii shooters how you know it's just everybody thought when they first saw that the uh, the Wii controller that Oh wow! First-person shooters are going to be amazing going forward on the Wii. I mean, there there have been like two or three that they that they've really nailed down and done well. Every other one has pretty much been crap, you know. Yeah. So it, it's hard to to um, go in excited for this, to say the least. The thing that makes it worse than the Wii is the fact that you don't have any way to move forward, back, strafe, left, right. You're just kind of standing there. Yeah, yeah, like you're turning it into like a gallery shooter, like it turning into like a time crisis or something, and that's right. not really the point. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like if they really try to make Ghost Recon, you know, Future Soldier, as we've been seeing it, you know, before in previews and all that stuff, and trying to turn that entire game into a connect game, there's going to be an issue with the main game. Like yeah, there's going to be an issue for people who are doing bread and butter controller that it's not going to work out well. Yeah, it, it, something's got to give. Yeah, either it's going to be some throwaway mode that doesn't matter, and then you know, how's it better with Connect because it's not, <laughs> or <laughs> right. they're going to completely jack up the game to make it usable with Connect, which is, in my opinion, actually even worse. You can say that you know it's better with Connect and just give one throwaway mode for people who really, I guess, care about that, 
but for the most part, most of the gamers who are going to play that game don't care about Connect in the first place. Like they don't, it doesn't matter to them. So don't even bother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's Connect... not a big. Oh, you go, go ahead, ahead, Nick. Joe. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Somebody go. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like uh, like Rob was saying there. Hopefully, it is just some some throwaway mode. And then if they want to go on and say, you know, this is incredible with Connect and it's better and it's amazing, you know, let those six people who believe that go enjoy it and. I let the rest of us have our hardcore Ghost Recon experience with traditional controls. Yeah, I mean, it already is bad enough that they're they're fundamentally changing Ghost Recon to be a little bit more like Call of Duty, and you know, from last time we talked about it. So let's not let's not make anything worse. <laughs> let's let's not make yeah. anything any worse than it already is. So yeah. just simmer down. Yeah, I really, I I I'm, I really can't see it being successful. And I mean, Connect is such a niche market anyway. Out of all the motion controls, it is the most niche because they don't have any buttons, so that just limits so much of what you can actually do. On the PS3, maybe I can see this. You know what I'm saying? Because SOCOM did get away with it and did it well. Um, but yeah, not- and but it, even that you have the move where you have the option of having that other controller that you can do all of your movement with. You're not really throwing away the core of the game because you're still basically using a controller. Like Kevin Butler says, buttons are important. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna say something at E3 about the PSN being down. That would be funny. Maybe. I've always said, like, every time that they have an issue like that, they really need to, like, spin it really hard. When they had the clock error, like, I really thought that they should have made... See, this is why I should be a marketing for Sony. um, That they should have had a commercial where they had Kevin Butler, like, outside, like, doing stuff, like, playing baseball or, like, you know, out just doing random things, jogging in, in shorts that are too short, and basically say that, like... That was PlayStation's National Go Outside Day, <laughs> <laughs> and that they should have done the same thing with the PlayStation Network. You know, spun that somehow because that really, in in and of itself, wasn't Sony's fault because they didn't they didn't break their own network. I, it, they got hacked somehow. Spin that and make it look. You know, make people at least kind of like have a reason to go. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny because people have already got enough reason to go. Like everything is really terrible. So they should spin it just like they do, like, you know, how they've done in the past. But sometimes when it comes down to big issues that they've had problems with, they don't spin anything. They just don't say anything at all. They're just really quiet. <laughs> they just kind of turtle. Might, <laughs> I think they might be a little reticent to do that on this one, though, just yeah, just because I, of all the data issues that it leaked out. If it had just been, okay, PlayStation Network's down for a month, then okay, yeah, let's make a joke about it and let's all laugh. Uh, and we still we still don't know. There's a lot of conflicting reports about what exactly has been stolen and what hasn't been. And it, it doesn't sound like anybody's lost any money over this. But but still, you start talking about people's credit card accounts, their birth yeah, dates, it's their not addresses. A matter. Yeah, no, it, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not saying like really that that's not the issue to really like try and spin. But come on, they they could do something with some of these with some of the other things that are going on. Like they and they've kind of like missed those opportunities. Although last year when Kevin Butler did come out at E3, it wasn't any kind of like a I'm gonna toot Sony. It was you know a general like you know we love gaming speech, which was good too. Yeah. Um. Let's try to get back on track. <laughs> With the uh, with the Ghost Recon stuff. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk more about PSN in a little bit here. 
Yeah, really. Yeah, but um, let's see. Oh yes, the <laughs> Ghost Recon <laughs> Connect support. We're gonna go right into the next piece of news, which is the Ghost Recon Online free-to-play shooter that they plan on doing. Um, yeah, so we already know that Ubisoft was gonna try to take Ghost Recon. Um, and turn into like their, I don't want to say their Call of Duty killer, but their their game to stand up with Call of Duty, I guess. Coming um, this summer, Tom Clancy's Ghost Duty. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the, that's, that's super accurate. <laughs> that kind of hurt my soul how accurate that was. That is pretty much what Ghost Recon Online is. There's In the show notes, there's going to be a link to a video you can watch. And they might as well call the game Ghost Duty Advanced Ops 2. Like, it's 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 ridiculous. Like, it is not Ghost Recon at all. There's nothing ghostly about it. Except uh, that you can cloak. So, you know, they might as well, you could call it Ghost Duty Crisis 2. Because you can, <laughs> you can cloak yourself. And, um... Yeah, you know, I mean, if you watch the video, it's a lot of dudes just, like, running around really fast, like, in wide open and, like, shotgunning dudes and, like, stuff, which is kind of like, so, so where's, like, the sneaky part at? Is that in here at all? Like, what's going on here, guys? There's, you know? like, there's no yeah, recon. Yeah, the squad's gone, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a squad. But yeah, there's still a squad. Your squad. You're not controlling it. It's not tactical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's like no recon. It's like it's just shooting. <laughs> like it you're is. just ghosting other dudes. You're not, you know, being a ghost yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like it take like they're straight straying so far from like the, you know, the 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 meat of Ghost Recon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the established formula that they've set up over quite a few releases, and I think we're at least I know I am, and I like to think everyone is a little tired of every game in every genre trying to be whatever is perceived as the number one game in that respective genre, which is usually just, you know, what's selling the most. Let's be that. Let's outdo that. It's like, can't you just do your own thing? We don't need to play that game like a hundred other times. Yeah, the reason that, that, game, that, game, that game. Yeah, the reason that game got to being that game is because somebody sat there and did something different. They didn't go, I want to be the other game that before them, that was the big seller and then try and copy it because copying never gets you to that point. No. That's, that's the one thing that seems to always get missed is that you can, you can copy it. You might sell a few because you copied something that was popular and people just were like, Oh, okay, cool. I'll buy that because it looks similar to something I like, but really like without innovating, you're not going to like set a standard. You're only going to follow behind it. You're just going to be kind of like in the wake somewhere down in the down in the dumps compared to yeah. the, the original. Like you said, you might snag a few up front. Uh, in fact, I'm sure you will. I'm sure if, yeah, you, if you make some sure. people we'll snag up front. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in the long run, eventually people start getting fed up. And they're like, why are we doing this again? This is getting boring. And this isn't even done as well as it was done in that other game that they're emulating. You know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, Ghost Recon, don't get me wrong, like, Ghost Recon has changed over the years. I'm not saying they should keep the same exact formula, because if they would have did that in the first place, Ghost Recon wouldn't be as big as it is. You know, in my opinion, Ghost Recon has always been like a, uh, it's always been like Rainbow Six, but outside, and wider open areas. 
Um, but the thing is, like, it still always requires some type of tactics. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, looking around a corner as a tactic. I don't need to look around a corner in Call of Duty. I just go around the corner and shoot whoever's there. You know what hey, I'm saying? Dropping a grenade when you die is a legitimate tactic. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because that that assumes that you are going to die or that you want to die in the first place, which is silly. Like it's just, I don't want them to get too. You know, you can keep the core of the game and then make new features or or change things, but like you don't want to change the core altogether. I mean, like if no, you know, from what I've seen. You know, I guess uh, for Future Soldier, that is. For, for, from what I've seen for Future Soldier, it doesn't look like a straight-up running gun. You know, which I'm happy about. But this the shooter that they have, this Ghost Recon, like online, resembles nothing about Ghost Recon. I can see if you if they showed you and your squad mates moving around and, you know, being tactical and quiet, setting traps. You know, stuff like that. But they don't. They show you running around, holding the trigger. That's yeah, it. and... It's obviously targeted at a slightly different crowd, but I think you'd do yourself a disservice on this one, maybe, and, and you're kind of watering down the brand a little bit, and people see that and are like, wow, that's what Ghost Recon has become now? Really? I don't think I'm going to get the next one, you know? And then right. that really just hurts you in the long run. Yeah, pretty much. I just, uh, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Like, you know, we've only seen that sh- that small video so far. So we don't know what other, you know, options or what other features it's really going to have. But pretty much, so far, every screenshot, every video, which is only the one, but every video we've seen so far, only uh, it only shows how action-packed it is. And I'm sorry, but Ghost Recon is not a action-packed game to the extent of Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty is squeezed... Like from the from beginning to end, with nothing but manufactured intensity and action, you know what I'm saying? I really don't want Ghost Recon to turn into that. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens this summer. Apparently, <laughs> you know. Yes, we will. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll play it at least. I'll play it at least twice. You know, once, and then you got to play it twice just to make sure you don't like it. That's big of you, Jared. Thank you. you know, <laughs> I do. I do it for you guys. <laughs> but, I feel uh, better. Good, good. Um, let's get into some good news. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's just delve away from like all the sadness and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, LA New War causing problems. They're denying it. Ghost Recon getting messed up. Let's talk about something that's actually pretty good, and that's uh, PSP remakes on the PS3. Um, so far in Japan, it's been confirmed that. You know there will be a series of PSP remakes, which is great. Um, I do know that God of War, the PSP editions of God of War, which is like what uh, Ghost of Sparta and Chains of something, right? Chains of Olympus. Chains of Olympus. There you go. Um, you can tell I'm not a uh, <laughs> God of War uh, big fan, but um. Yeah, the Chains of Olympus and Ghosts of Sparta will be available on PSN in North America. We do know that. Uh, however, in Japan, they, they are, the name of the series is going to be called PSP Remasters, and it's starting with Monster Hunter Portable 3. But you know, that's just the first title there. Uh, the games will be remade in HD, and of course, you know, to work with, uh, I would say, at least 720p possibly 1080 
Um, you know, plus it has a couple other features that I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up here in a second. But um, like I know like some of the games will support 3D um, and 7.1 surround. Yeah, and one of the games that you mentioned earlier that you're looking forward to, hopefully. We're not confirming this. We have no idea. This is just Jared would like to see uh, Metal Gear Solid, the most recent one. What was the subtitle on that? I I can't even remember. Uh, the one Peace that came Walker. out. Oh, Peace, Peace Walker. Walker. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's it. Uh, which I played through on PSP, and it was fantastic. It was a great game. I loved it, but the controls were just not suited for PSP at all. You really need that second analog stick. So, you know, that could could offer something new for a lot of people who missed out on it on the PSP because it's it's one of the better games in the series. It's that good. Yeah, actually, the, the only reason I did not finish Peace Walker was because of the controls on the PSP. Like, it's so difficult to play because it is. of the controls. It is, I, and I, I battled with it through the whole the whole time. But the core gameplay there was, like, so much fun. And the uh, the thing with the, the balloons, as goofy as it is, that so you're just, like, ballooning people away in the middle of combat. It's not like Metal Gear Solid has ever been the most serious of franchises. You know, they always throw some joke stuff in there. But it, it was a great game and just definitely marred by bad controls on the PSP, which is more the system's fault than the developers. They did the best they could. Hopefully a, a PS3 remake can remedy that. Yeah, it was definitely a, a system thing. Like The game itself, from what I played, was great, but it's just the controls were just too... Man, I couldn't do it with the controls. <laughs> you know, my hand, I already have a problem with the regular PlayStation 3 controller. Because it kind of it feels awkward to me. It kind of hurts my hand because my hands are big. I'd rather play it on 360 controller. But then on top of that, to play on the PS3, you know, it just sucked that much more. You know, so. But, um, yeah, so hopefully that entire series of, like, PSP remakes will come to North America. Uh, you know, they'll... I don't sure see why they well wouldn't. Enough to, to come. Yeah, I don't see why yeah. they wouldn't, basically. Yeah. There's plenty of PSP games out there that are, you know, well worth, you know, making an HD remake and I'll probably get... I, I would love to see, like, Kingdom Hearts come to PS3 because they never released it on the PlayStation Network and I have a go, so I didn't really feel like going out and getting, you know, regular PSP just to play that one game. Like, there are certain games I would like to see get remade and put on there. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that game is actually really good, too, so you're kind of yep. missing out. Oh, I know, but I, I I spoke with my dollars. I wasn't gonna go buy a regular version when they could easily have put it on the network. But Square is kind of weird about that, so I don't know. Like they'll put they'll put all their old stuff on the network that people have already played twelve thousand times. But you want something new on the network? Chances are you're not gonna get it. I was I'm glad they put the city on the network both times. Yeah, Square can be kind of odd about what they do with their games, where they put them, and you know. They're they're so known for just here's that game again for the hundredth millionth time. It I mean them and Nintendo are probably the kings of bringing back the same games over and over and over again, and neglecting for years the thing that somebody really wants. But the thing is, like people still buy them. <laughs> That's why they do it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously there's a market there. It's like, not I'm... me, but it's somebody out there is buying these things over and over again. I mean, before I had Final Fantasy VII on my PS3, I had already beaten it three times. Do I need to buy it on my PS3? No, but I did anyway. <laughs> See, here's the problem. That's why they don't make anything new. 
Hey, I'm only one person. <laughs> so you got to talk to everybody there, Rob. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, like I said, hopefully uh, Tony brings this uh, the series to North America and then my hands could stop cramping up when I'm trying to play Metal Gear. I just, I just want more Metal Gear. Any 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 type of Metal Gear game will probably work for me, Kojima. Please, thanks. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you know Kojima listens to this podcast. Oh, he does absolutely, totally. You know. We're good friends. Man. We're good friends. We make sure to send it to him. He always requests it. You know. He told me that in the letter that he wrote to me and sent me by <laughs> Unicorn. <laughs> right, right. Of course, that that's the uh, one which he included the the playable version of the next Metal Gear Solid in, right? Yeah. Would no, you, it, he didn't include Metal Gear Solid. He had the he had the one with Raiden in it. That's that's yeah, oh, you're right. This time. You're, I misspoke. It was it's not Solid. <laughs> oh, right. nobody really is sitting there like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can I work for Master's Buttons? No. Sure. <laughs> All you get paid in is adoration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about piracy again. Um, this uh, this is actually uh, the Fable developer, um, Fable Three Dev, saying that not piracy, but um, pre-owned games are a bigger problem than piracy. Okay, um, you know he said piracy on PC is uh, you know it's expected uh, for developers. Uh, and he said, he said that, you know, it can be hurtful, but at the same time, there's a lot of people out there on PC who will buy games. Um, but he's saying that secondhand sales of console games hurt them more because, uh, from what I can gather, that's what they really base their bottom line on. Um, he says that by the time they released Fable 3 for PC, they had already made all their money back on the uh, on Fable 3 for the Xbox 360. Uh, so he's saying, you know, with the secondhand sales, you know, because the developer doesn't get any money from that, um, you know, that affects their bottom line more, right? Than you know, than if somebody were to pirate on PC, because at least with PC, they expect, or I guess they, 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 uh, they, they plan to lose this much in piracy, maybe, you know. Yeah, kind of budgeted in there going in beforehand. Or even Which, the f- I don't I don't know why they couldn't do the same for pre-owned sales. It's not like this thing just cropped up like the day before Fable Three came out. GameStop was <laughs> well, like, true. you know, what would be a good idea. We were so. I mean, really, this issue's been going on. This has been cropping up a lot this generation. You've had a lot of developers and publishers complaining and crying foul that it it's their work and GameStop selling it twice, making money twice. And the devs and pubs aren't getting anything back at all. Like, there's literally no return. It, it's just pretty much all profit for GameStop, besides the slave wages they pay. And it's the not, yeah, and it's not an unfair thing to say because it's true. Really, uh, they they make they make money, they make money <laughs> on, yeah. on used games. I'm talking. Oh, yeah. Anywhere from two hundred to you know five hundred percent profit, depending on you know what the what what the game is and you know the time frame that they're selling it. You know newer games, yeah, not so much, but they're still making a profit over them versus what they would be selling a new one. And that's just the way any used business works. And other and other people are seeing that and trying to get in on it. Best Buy has really like kicked in their trade in program now, right. like in full. Um, and not the first time they've you know tried it, but 
certainly like they see the they see the money that can be made there. So it's I don't think it's necessarily something that's going to go away unless you know they there's a really huge effort to try and make it go away. Um, but I, I do think it's a legitimate problem. I mean, it's obviously like something that's going to cause developers and publishers to lose money. Yeah, and they got to be a little careful though. At the same time, because it's like you're, you're stepping on the toes of the main outlet people have of purchasing your products. You know, until digital distribution just becomes across the board and. And that's you know, the, that's where I see that that's really going to go. It's it's definitely going to turn into like, well, you know what? I don't even have to worry about whether or not right. you you know you're selling my game used because I'm not selling it in your store because I don't need to anymore. I'm selling it direct to them, and hopefully, I'm selling it to them for less than sixty dollars because you're you're losing so much of the other problem. You know, so much of the yeah. other need to have that much money, but you know, it's all right. We all hope it goes that way, whether it actually does or not. Right, it may not. Yet to be seen. But, yeah, like I said, right now it's still like they need GameStop. They need Best Buy. They they need these retailers. And, you know, they may kind of come off and be a little upset about it. But are they they really going to, like, you know, make this a huge deal where everybody's coming out and, like, you know, we're going to take legal action if GameStop doesn't give us some sort of royalty payment for this thing? And it's not like, and all that GameStop is really doing, I mean, it's not like they're doing anything that's, that is against the law because, you know, it may be unfair to publishers, but, you know, it's kind of that there's pawn shops, dealers, like there's rules regarding that stuff and they have the, you know, ability to do it. Yeah. Unless, I mean, the, unless the laws change, that's that's really the only thing that can really, really, you know, create like a big difference that's going to cause them to have to stop. Yeah, well, now you see them putting in all these terms of services that that when you pay plunk down your sixty dollars, you oh you're not actually buying the game. You are purchasing the right to play this game, which to me is absolutely ridiculous and insulting to your your customer that's keeping you in business. You know, so then they say, well, you never even owned it, so you don't have the right to sell it back to GameStop to begin with. It was our game. We're just allowing you to play it. Right, which like, is silly because it's kind of like. Buying an app, you know, buying an Apple product, and it's never actually yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, software has been like that for ages, for for an extremely long. Well, I don't want to say forever, but since all since I can remember, like when you know you buy a disc with software on it, you're not necessarily you're not paying. I mean, you're you're paying for the disc, the ten cents that disc costs, you know, to make. But at the same time, I mean, you're just paying for the actual software, the ability to use the software. Right, which is which is fair. I mean, you're not paying for, like, exclusive rights to do whatever you want with that software. But, like, I don't know, like, there's, there's a certain point where, like, it, where there's, like, a weird middle ground because you're paying for, like, you know, the rights to that property so that you can play it. But then it turns into one of those things where, on the other hand, it's almost like, you know, a movie. You can lend a movie to a friend. You can lend a DVD to a friend, and it's not techni- there's not technically a problem with that. But if you take a DVD and you show it to a theater full of people, all of a sudden you're like, suddenly you're wrong. So, yeah. at what point does you know selling a game to GameStop become one of those things and not the other? Yeah, well, look at look at the used car market, for example. You know, since the day we've had cars, people have 
bought new cars eventually and sold the cars off. Does Ford get a check in the mail if you sell your old Explorer? Of course well, not. Well, if they own that, if they own that dealership, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for just blowing that out there. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know what I meant. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. It's All okay. right. I'll let it slide. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. But but for the most part, you are correct. I mean, you could easily take it to somebody, you know, a dealership that's owned by Acura or something too, and then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, they're not getting any money. I mean, the, the chance that the chance that they're going to get that money is 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 pretty slim. And then there's people who don't even take it to a dealership; they just sell it on Craigslist or something. Right. Right. And it, you know, it's I guess it's like you know the difference between. Okay, we get kind of hurt if somebody sells their friend this game for $25 because they're done with it, so their friend doesn't buy the game, versus here's an outlet where literally millions of people can go to and sell their games back, and then millions of other people can buy it without ever having to touch a new game. You know, yeah. That yeah. They don't have to have that option. And they talk about it being more hurtful than piracy is the big thing we're talking about here. But now it's like, don't let's not punish the people who went out and bought your game for $60, okay? All they're trying to do is get some value back for what they bought. They're done with yeah. it, you know. It, it's a yeah, it, it's a it's a sticky situation cuz I do agree like it's like well they made this, they probably should be getting something when GameStop sells the game again. But let's let's not anger the people who are not pirating and who are who are buying your games and let's not anger the people that are selling your games for you. You yeah. know? It, it's, it's yeah, you, you can't bite the hand that feeds. I mean, I do think it's worse than piracy, but it's a situation that's worse than piracy that is kind of created on like a couple of different levels. You know, it's it's not created just because GameStop is selling used games. The problem wouldn't be as severe if games weren't sold for as much as they are. You know, for one thing, if yeah. games sold for less money, you would still have people who would trade them. But if a game that you know, say, I don't know, something like NBA Jam. A game that was going to be released for free with a copy of a game that normally is $60. When that game didn't come out, NBA Elite, they turned around and sold NBA Jam for $60. Come on! NBA Jam (laughs) was not worth $60. I played it. It wasn't worth $60. If you sold it to me for $30... Maybe I would have felt better about it, but you can't. You can only complain so much that people are are using the outlet to trade in the games. When if you made it worth what people's while to keep the game, you know, want to play it again, not have to, you know, spend an arm and a leg for it, and then spend an arm and a leg for your next game that they want, you may not have the problem anymore. It's 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 a compound problem, and it's not just caused by GameStop. But I do agree that it hurts, you know, publishers' wallets more than I would say piracy does. Yeah, there there really should be, like you mentioned, more games that come out at different price points. Like th- there are games that come out that that's like this is not a sixty dollar game. I paid sixty dollars for this. This is garbage. I can't believe this. But if you paid thirty dollars for it, it's like, all right, well, this is kind of entertaining. I guess I only paid thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not so bad. I mean, yeah. like it. I have a tendency to hold, I mean, now I've kind of changed a little bit. I tend to hold on to everything. But before, if a game came out, it was $60. I, you know, I was done with it in, you know, a week or whatever. And there was something else that was coming out that was also $60. Chances are, if there was a good deal going on, I would trade it for that other game. Because it, it's just too much money to just sit there and go, you know, I'm just going to spend it willy-nilly. I'm just going to keep buying every game that comes out and keep it, even though I may never touch this game again. 
Yeah, you're know. certainly not alone, obviously, yeah. or we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's just because of that that prevalence, and that's why it's worse. I, I'm not saying that like necessarily that people who trade in games are the devil, but I'm saying I understand the idea that the money that they lose from that side of things is more than that they would lose from piracy. That I agree with. I don't agree that that's necessarily people are wrong to do it because they have good reasons to do it. You know, they have better reasons to do it than the guy who's sitting there and going, I'm just, I'm just going to get that game for free. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you know what, man? They paid the money for it. You know, at some point, yeah. somebody paid that money for it to, you know, because they wanted to play the game. The next guy may not feel so strongly about it, so he doesn't do it. I mean, you can't, you can only do so much about that. And let's and also stop for a do. second, dude, and, and think about not everyone that buys used games is this in, in tune with the uh, industry. Not everyone goes in there knowing the business model of GameStop and of Activision, you know? I mean, right. Now, to them, they're just going to go buy a game. Yeah, they're going to the store and buying a game. What? They didn't do anything. That's probably <laughs> the majority of people, really. With with how far uh, the game industry has expanded this generation, and the people that are not like hardcore gamers that may be listening to this podcast right now, right? <laughs> well, I think the the publisher and developers' problem is less with the people who are trading in, and more with the establishments that allow the trading that do it because they know what the effect is. Exactly. They probably yeah. They could probably resolve this issue if they were to start. Um, they tinker with the license agreement a little bit and force the retailers to give them a cut or a percentage from, you know, reselling trade-ins. Yeah. yeah and if, even if it's not as severe as, you know, not even as much of a cut, at least they're still getting something out of it compared to what they would get on a sale for a new game. You know, if it works one way where the retailer doesn't get that much money back for a new game... You know, maybe you can do that. Maybe that's a good idea, actually, that you tinker with the license agreement, and then the publisher doesn't get as much back for a used game, but they get something, so that they yeah. can't they can't say we're getting robbed. Yeah, right. That or right. like even maybe cut a deal like prehand, like you know beforehand. Like, look, um, you know, if you give us a cut of of, re, of you know of, uh, you know trade ins or you know resell trade ins. We'll sell you the game for sixty bucks a pop. If not, you can get it for the standard price of seventy bucks a pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah, I mean, well, let's oh. look at it from GameStop's perspective a little bit too, which rarely happens. Everybody's always quick to jump all over GameStop, which you know they usually write about. But at the same time, like their <laughs> their only revenue, haha, their only revenue stream is gaming. They make nothing when they sell a system, and they make next to nothing on every game they they sell. So can you really blame them for like? We need to sustain ourselves here. Exactly. But- and I mean, that's what's tough about saying, well, if they tinker, if literally, if they were to say, if there was some legislation passed or something along those lines that said, like, you can't resell those games anymore because you are effectively hurting the publisher enough where you're affecting their way of life, whatever the case may be, whatever that judgment is, GameStop would go out of business. And any yeah. business that runs like it that's based around trade ins would go out of business because. It's that's how they stay in business. They don't yeah. they don't compete on like the level of everything that Target, Best Buy, you know, Walmart that those those retailers do. You know, you got Play and Trade, GameStop, those guys, and that's all they do is they try and you know they they do the used business because that's how they that's the model that they use to stay afloat. They don't have tons of space to do 
you know, everything else and, and try and sell everything under the sun. So, you know, it, that would, that would ruin them to have to shutter that part of the business. And, you know, I'm sure that there are concessions that are made behind closed doors between, you know, retailers and stuff like that, because I can't imagine that, you know, the, the industry has such a problem with that. And then when it comes down to GameStop, they go, no, it's cool. It's cool. Hmm. Like there have to be some sort of agreements that go on that like, you know, that adjust prices or something that happens that keeps things in line a little bit. Otherwise, they wouldn't have really, if it really hurt them that badly, they wouldn't have let it go on for so long. Right. Yeah, because like we said at the beginning, this didn't pop up the day before Fable 3's release. This has been around (laughs) since the days of Funko Land, which for you younger gamers was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason it hasn't hurt so bad is because before it was just GameStop and uh, EB Games. But now you have Best Buy and Everyone Walmart. Everyone wants a cut of the action. Probably Target if they haven't already started. Amazon, Gamefly, all these different places doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gonna that's gonna hurt. That's gonna cause an impact. Um, but going forward, I guess we'll see what they're gonna do. I mean, they're already doing things like online pass. You know, EA did it or is doing it. Uh, actually, Dirt. Three, um, I had to put the code in, the, the online pass code in, to, uh, you know, play online and activate YouTube, which doesn't work, by the way. But, um... Oh, that's that, nice. That, that sucks. Like, I don't want to put a 25, you know, uh, character code in on my 360. It's not like I could type it in, you know. I, well, I guess I can if I bought the attachment, but I don't want to buy the attachment just to, you know, put in codes to the game, you know? Yeah, I think we've all got plenty of plastic peripherals laying around our houses at this point. Yeah. No, nobody's like, all right, a new one. Yes, I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah, don't want that. Um, I already don't talk that much on the 360 anyway to do that. Okay. But, um, yeah, so you know, we developers and publishers are already doing things to fight back. And I think it's only going to escalate as things get worse which i imagine they will get worse because so many stores are starting to pick up the uh you know the pre the pre-owned games you know so we'll uh we'll see how that develops which because it will continue to develop trust me oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, that that issue is not going anywhere um but let's let's talk let's move to the next issue and this issue has to deal with uh anti-piracy measures it's yeah, uh, here we go back to consumers being affected. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a big time consumer being affected. Um, Capcom, in their infinite wisdom, has decided to release a limited offline mode for um, Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition for PC. Now, not limited online, limited offline. So that nobody's confused. Basically, you, if you, for some reason, I mean, I don't know what exactly they they said that they're going to kind of have an implementation for it, but it's not as bad as the, you know, Ubisoft online things because you could still function offline without it. Yeah. But it's still pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, this is bad. This is so wrong. Once again, like we got into a little bit in the last topic. You, 
you're going after the people that are actually legitimately buying your game at full price and like, hey, let's screw them over because some other guys are jerks and are pirating our stuff, so everybody's going to suffer. That's not the Except answer. for the piraters, That's... actually, because usually they find a way around it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they will. I've no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've really heard of people who legit pay money for it, and, you know, that's the issue. But yeah. it stinks because, you know, they they have a solution. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just so weird, basically, because you could still play... You could still play offline, um, but if you're not online, like if you're not signed into, you're required to sign into Windows Live. And if you're not signed into Windows Live, you can still play the game, but all that you're doing is playing what basically amounts to a demo. Yeah, you are limited to 15 of the 39 characters. 15 of the 39. Uh, You are unable to save your settings or your challenge progress. Settings. You can't change your settings, or you can change it, but you can't save it. Also, oh, if, if you, you buy DLC, you can't get that either. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have access to the DLC you paid for if you're not logged online. You guys should have paid more. Yeah, that so, would have been nicer. Yeah, no. like, it's it's so messed up. You can't do this. Like, I mean, I guess you can because you're doing it, but. I mean, if you're if you're looking into getting Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition on the PC, you got to be up in arms right now over this. Yeah, I mean, this. Well, I guess at this point, like, I can definitely see their numbers like being very low. Like, I can't, I can't imagine buying this for PC at this point. You know what I'm saying? Might as well just get it for a console, or it might not even be worth it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Because you know, I don't know where this idea came from that people don't play games offline, but they do. I mean. When I was uh, at the airport... Fact, that's what a lot of people do, especially with fighting games, because how else do you spend all your time really getting, you know, getting better at it? I mean, like, yes, you're still connected online a lot of times, but there's plenty of people who just forego online altogether until they've mastered everything, and then go then online and tear everybody up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I, mean, I remember I was uh, at an airport waiting for a flight, and I was playing, you know, Alien vs. Predator. This was last year. Like, if that had, like, an online check-in or something like that, I would have been screwed. Like, I wouldn't have been able to play Street Fighter. I wouldn't have been able to play Assassin's Creed, you know. So this is just bad. I mean, I think it's just obvious that they don't care about the sales for the PC. Like, they're going to put it out there because, you know, it can probably make some money. Yeah, they can say (laughs) they did it. It'll probably make some money. But they don't care all too much about it. I mean... Because this is definitely going to, like, chop the, the amount of people who are going to buy the PC version down. Yeah, if anybody was thinking about buying it, I mean, now, what what's the point, really? Like, there is none. <laughs> Why do you even want the game now? Because there's really no reason to get it. Especially because, and it's the same stuff that we've, you know, we've talked about many times in the past. The same stuff that people sitting at home are thinking, like, well... What if you lose your connection online? What if this? What if that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If, if your ISP's Comcast, down or something. Yeah. If your if your Comcast or Verizon is having an outage, or they're working on something and you can't get online, guess what? Yeah, you you're screwed. 
And like the, they said that there is a, you can be able to sign back on. So say you lose a connection, you get back on within like, you know, say 10 seconds or something. You just have a, an issue where you get disconnected for a minute. You can, you can be logged back in so that you can save your progress, but there's a break point. So it's not like that'll go on indefinitely. You know, it's almost like when it attempts to reconnect to a server, if it can't do it, you're SOL. You're stuck. At, you get moved to that demo mode where you're limited by your characters, which makes me wonder how that's going to work if you are using a character that's not available in demo mode, um, and then you can't save anything that you've done. Oh, you so, get labeled as a cheater and uh, or a hacker, <laughs> and you get banned for life. Oh God! Whoa! <laughs> and the sad part is that's there's some likelihood there. And then the funny thing that's even, well, it's not actually funny because this is all very, you know, sad. We go from happy to sad news all the time. Um, and then, you know, back to happy news eventually. <laughs> um, maybe, if you're maybe, good. Maybe. We, we get one small piece of happiness in our podcast this time. Um, but not only are they doing the games for Windows Live, uh, I guess security measure, I guess you'd call it, uh, but also Steam and Impulse who are also going to sell the game uh, because they're, you know, they're the two biggest outlets online for, you know, purchasing games direct on PC. They're going to have their own security solutions in addition. Yeah. Not only do you get hit with Windows Live, and if you're like most people who you, you buy your games from Steam... Guess what? You have to deal with whatever Steam puts in place or whatever Capcom has Steam put in place, you know, whatever the case may be. And you have to deal with the Windows Live. And if you have Impulse, then a, a totally other thing. So one way or the other, you may be getting booted out even if you meet one requirement and not the other. Too yeah. Bad. <laughs> I, like how they, I like how they position it, too. Cause it, it's almost like, oh, oh, don't worry. We see you guys over there on Steam. We're getting around to it. We're going to screw you over, too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Cooking up something here. Yeah, like they, they have the same solution in place for Steam. It's just that Steam's going to have their own thing. Now, Steam tends not to be too bad, but it's still, you know. Still the fact that there's going to be anything at all is a right. problem to me. From, right. my, from my personal point of view, like, you do anything in this area whatsoever, I got a problem with it. That's yeah, because all you're doing is you're hurting the people who... Who were really spending the money on your game? So you're you're hurting the people that are trying to support you, and that's the kind of thing. Although it doesn't really count for PC because I don't know anywhere you can trade PC games in, but that's the kind of thing that drives people to go trade games in because they yep. get fed up with you know whatever the case, whatever the scenario is that they're currently dealing with. Yeah, yeah, it almost hurts the PC market even more because then if they just didn't put it out there, now it's like one more thing that people are going to complain about this and be you know guaranteed people are going to be pretty loud about this. And complain about it, and then more people saying, you know, you know what, I'm just going to get the console versions going forward. You know, I don't even care if they do bring the PC. I've had enough of this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's for them. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's just a lose-lose situation. I The only person that I guess wins anything is Capcom for the few dollars that they get. But, you know, they could have had something that was an unmitigated hit on PC because how often does a big release like Super Street Fighter 4 hit for fighting games on PC especially as many features and as much cool stuff is going to be in the Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition and then you're basically chopping it off at the knees and saying well deal with it because we don't want to get hurt from some you know some other perspective even though we'll still get hurt from that perspective anyway 
but we're gonna hurt you in return. No, no, they fixed the problem. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Nobody no will ever pirate it. But you know why they won't pirate it? Because it's not worth pirating. Yeah. <laughs> Screw this game. Exactly. No, but you, you know the pirates will be playing with all thirty-nine characters. Yeah, they, that's yeah, like, I think yeah. Rob said that earlier. They'll, they'll be the ones like laughing their their butts off, like, "Hey, look at us." We didn't pay a dime for this game, and we're playing with all the They'll features. Be like, oh, there were security measures? We didn't even know, because we already <laughs> broke them. <laughs> and that's all that'll happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's the scenario. Sad well, times. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps uh, Capcom will come to their senses, but uh, if not, now you know what to expect for you guys looking for Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition on PC. But uh, happy news now, or is it still more sad news? Um, well, it depends how you take it. <laughs> um, this, we're going to talk about PSN again. So, but we're Uh-oh. talking about the Welcome Back program. So, yeah, uh, yeah, a little. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, the Welcome Back program welcomes you back to, you know, post-hack apocalypse PSN. Um, you know, you get 30 days of, uh, PlayStation, a free PlayStation Plus usage, which we'll, we're actually going to talk about that for a, for a little bit. Um, and uh, you'll also be given a free weekend of On Us movie rentals, which I am going to take big advantage of that, because once I see those movies, I can't unsee them. Yep. Can't take that away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't take that. I have seen the truth! <laughs> you know. So my, uh, you know, I'm gonna get some get some popcorn, maybe invite some friends over, and then we're gonna be watching some movies on PSN. But um, uh, in terms of uh, the stuff that people really want, some free stuff. Well, besides movies, um, there are some free games: um, Dead Nation, Infamous, Little Big Planet, Super Stardust HD, and Wipeout HD Plus Fury, which is technically speaking two games. Um, for the PlayStation Portable, it's Little Big Planet PSP, My Nation Racers, Pursuit Force, don't even know what that is, and then Kill Zone Liberation. Um, now, those games can only be, of course, once the PSN actually has to come up for those games to be available. Right, for you to be able to download anything, PSN, you know, PSN Store has to be up. Yeah, the, I was just going to say the PS Store. Yeah. We already had the PSN back, but. Yeah, not PSN the store. store, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you also, if you want to, you can get unlimited music via their music service for 30 days. Uh, how do I, w- I? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say this real quick. I wonder what's the deal with that. Is this like one of those like 30 days of free subscriptions to whatever where like you're signed up and paying and then if you cancel it after 30 days, we give you your money back? Is it going to be one of those deals? Because that's what usually happens whenever anybody gives away a free subscription for a brief period of time, or, or like you'll, or they'll just automatically click you for auto renewal, and you have to go in and turn that off in order not to be auto renewed. Yeah, that, I think they'll get in so much trouble for that. I don't think they'd do it. You're probably no. right. I yeah, just... they they have enough issues without <laughs> creating a couple of more. <laughs> yeah. oh, it'll be fine. Well, what I'm concerned about, which I did mention earlier. Um, before the podcast is the fact that, you know, I'm not so concerned about the free games they're giving out, but the free PlayStation Plus stuff. I want to say the free, you know, the 30 days you get on PlayStation Plus. Um, PlayStation Plus games, like the ones they give away for free, once you drop PlayStation Plus, 
you lose access to those games. You're basically getting PlayStation Plus. For, you're basically getting some games you can play for a month. That's basically what you're getting. You're getting like an extended rental on a game. When, yeah. when they say that they're giving you PlayStation Plus. Now, I, I understand, I guess, what they're trying to do, which is trying to, you know, uh, kind of like flip the situation and saying, well, we're giving you PlayStation Plus. And, you know, and PlayStation Plus, don't get me wrong, I have PlayStation Plus. It's a really cool service. And as long as you, you keep up with it, and as long as you're willing to keep up with it, you can get a lot of stuff from it. I've gotten more than my $50 worth out of PlayStation Plus. I've gotten tons of games I never would have played otherwise because, you know, there's things that fly under your radar. I've gotten, you know, stacking and a whole bunch of other cool games, and I've gotten them for, you know, nothing, or I got a lot of games on discount. Good service. But it's kind of misleading to say, like, you get free PlayStation Plus when people don't understand what it is. The hope, I guess, is that they're trying to flip it and say... Well, you get PlayStation Plus, you'll see how awesome it is, you want to keep doing it, but that's not giving somebody something for free. That's trying to turn the situation to your advantage and make some more money off people. Yeah. Not really, you know, what you should be doing in that situation. No, nobody wants to see that right now. <laughs> yeah, not not really worthwhile. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think once the free, you know, you know, cuz some people like like us think about this but a lot of people aren't. And so once they see that their PlayStation Plus membership is gone and those games they were downloading and currently working on are now unavailable, I think they're going to see another backlash because of that. Yeah, I think once people, you know, realize what they're getting, like then they'll they're kind of going to get upset when they realize like Oh, that's awesome! I get PlayStation Plus, so I get like you know all these you know I get a classic Sonic game and a whole bunch of other stuff or whatever whatever the games are when they finally bring PlayStation Plus back up, and you know oh I get this game for free. awesome you know I get this other game for free cool too you know I get downloads on PlayStation on my PSP awesome, and then a month later when they when it expires they go you know you try and access that game and it says it's only accessible when you're a PlayStation Plus member backlash immediate backlash if if people didn't already realize they're going to realize then and then you're going to be in worse hot water because really at the end of it all you really gave people in the welcome back program is that you gave them a choice of what two free downloads and you gave them a year of identity theft protection that's it because really the playstation plus for a month uh, you know the music unlimited for a month that stuff doesn't really matter yeah. right right well, I wonder, like, for the people who actually pay for PlayStation Plus, because me, I, I don't. So for me, two free game, like, you know, two free games, is fine. You know, actually, each of these games, well, I think Depends the most on the ex- games, yeah, I think well, it, like it's the, anywhere from twenty to forty dollars, depending on the game. Well, actually, I think the most expensive game on this list is twenty bucks, which would be Little Big Planet or Infamous, and those are both like. Well, I think Infamous is still thirty. I think it's the like greatest hits now, so it's thirty. Whatever. Okay, so it'll be thirty. Yeah, um, that makes it up for me. And another reason is because I don't play my PS3 that much. But for people who play their PS3 all the time and have PlayStation Plus, like, is this really enough? You know, for them? Like, what do you guys think? Well, I think it's something we. It's hard to answer right now. We really kind of have to wait and see how the market reacts to it. I don't. See, I, people start freaking out. I can't see anybody getting too mad over this. It, it's a decent package. It's not a great package. Which I think you well, can make I a good argument so. that it should be because 
this has now been over a month. And most things are back now, but still not everything. Uh, that was all I want to say. So go ahead, Ralph. Um, on the one hand, I don't necessarily think it's enough. I think that, and I, this is something I actually saw on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, that's true. That somebody said that they really were of the impression they like they feel like the the year of identity theft protection was more worthwhile than any of the games that Sony was giving us, you know, the free downloads, like anything else that they're giving in the in the welcome back program, which I agree with. I really do. Because really, you know, the games that they're giving they're good games. They're not crappy games that they're giving away or anything. But none of those games are new. They're not giving you Kill Zone three. They're not giving you Killzone 2, for that matter. Right. <laughs> they, they're, they're not giving you anything that's really like new and would really, you know, say, hey, we're, we're really sorry about that. Here's something cool. They're saying, here's something cool. But, I mean, Infamous, Dead Nation, Little Big Planet, Wipeout HD. Uh, I've played all those games. You know, the only one I haven't played on that list is Super Stardust HD for the PS3 games. Uh, you know, PSP, I mean, I played Little Big Planet, I played Mountain Nation, not so much played the other ones, but Killzone, you know what you're getting. You know, Pursuit Force was kind of like a weird title, which I guess was actually kind of okay, but it wasn't like it was the greatest game ever. It's not, you're not getting Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker or anything. Um, you know, it's it's not worth it in a certain sense because what you and, and we've already talked about how you're not getting um, you're not really getting anything out of PlayStation Plus if you don't keep up with it. So, in the in the long run, you're getting two two free games, but they're two free games that have been out for some time and you probably played if you if you really play your PS3, and you're getting oh, an extended rental for well you're getting some movie rentals and you're getting some game rentals for a month. Yeah, it would have been nice identity theft protection. Like I, the I feel like there should have been more, but I can't really even say what more it should have been. I don't even think it's necessarily like oh it needs to be more a bigger game or or a more expensive game because I don't really care what the cost is so much. Just like make it feel more worthwhile. I guess like you know, it the welcome back it's kind of like it's kind of like a half-hearted handshake <laughs> rather than like a big hug <laughs> yeah. i'm with you rob and i'm the same way I, i'm not saying like damn you sony why didn't you give me a 60 dollars game i don't really care about that either i would have liked to have just seen a wider depth of assortment um uh, yeah on this thing you know that 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 yes that is exactly what it is it's not that you know the games i'm getting are old because they're good games i'm i'm totally going to get infamous again and play it i'm totally probably going to pick up super stardust hd because i never did play it you know uh, and i've heard that it's great i will totally do that but at the same time like give more choices there is there are so many quality titles on playstation network and like stuff that's only available on playstation network why not give one of those games a choice too? Like at least give people an option. Like what if somebody isn't interested in any of those games? You know, yeah. if you're really trying to welcome back everybody, make everybody feel welcome and give people options. Yeah. You Sony can afford to pay out to whatever, you know, public you know, whatever, you know, game that they choose to put on that list, they can pay out to that to that publisher, developer, or if it's an indie game studio, pay out to them for how many ever copies people download. You're you're spending money anyway at this point, so eat it. 
and just, <laughs> so eat the money and just do that and like make people feel like wow i actually got something cool like i wanted slam bolt scrappers and i couldn't get that you know because the playstation network was down and now i'm getting it for free you know like that's cool the you know to say like okay you can get a little big planet like i played that game so much and i've built every level that's possible in that game i played you know every mario recreation or spider-man level like you know i've done that game to death i've beaten infamous you know give people something they haven't gotten yeah it'd almost be better if there were more like quality niche games offered with this you know because the people that are going to be offended the most are people like us that are that are hardcore and play a ton of games and I've probably played, like you said, to death, Infamous, a little big planet, and such. These are great games, but we've already played them. Give us some other choices. Would have been nice. Yeah, that's all. That's really all I think. I mean, I think that they could have done more, but you know, it, it, the more doesn't necessarily have to be more expensive. It just needs to be. More. Yeah, I I don't care about like I'm not like let let's go out and hurt Sony as much as possible. You know, this is hurt me. <laughs> now they must pay through the nose or else. You know, let's just give us some other choices, but it's just not meant to be. Yeah, we're not hopping on a class action lawsuit and going like, well, we're gonna take you for everything you you can give us. <laughs> oh, not you're not. I am. No. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, just you know, make make me feel more welcome. Give me yeah. give me some options. Don't just give me stuff that you've got sitting in a warehouse somewhere, and you're not even really taking the stuff out of a warehouse because you're giving it to me digitally. But you you've got an unlimited cop- amount of the copies of those games because they're your games. You know that's not giving me anything. You know that that doesn't cost you anything to give me. Not that and it doesn't have to cost, but like make an effort to have it be more than just like well here's a i don't even know what the word i'm looking for is but like uh you know an empty gesture like it's a hollow gesture almost yeah so obviously it's it's enough for some like for me like i'll take it and then i'll be happy but maybe not I mean, so much for i'll Rob take Hill. it and i'll be I'll, I'll take it and i'll be happy but i can understand somebody feeling like well i don't that's man. Like I don't get anything out of that because I I can understand why somebody would feel that way. Like yeah. like I said, I've already picked out my games <laughs> that I'm getting when it comes back up. You know, I'll be okay because I wasn't you know I wasn't somebody who was really too distraught in the first place. And it, all that really mattered was that it eventually came back up, which it did finally. A better, much better gesture now. I think about it. Would 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 have been for them to give everybody points and on the PlayStation Store. There, there you go. Something that technically doesn't cost you anything, really. That's give brilliant. Everybody, give that, everybody thirty dollars on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, yeah. no one it. would have complained about that. Everybody would have been happy. You Use it how you will. You can get your your DLC characters. You can get whatever you want. You could get a game. Good, you sir. <laughs> good. That's good. That's or, rich. Like in lieu of that, you know, maybe everyone gets to take home Kevin Butler for a weekend. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa well, not like that. We don't need to know about <laughs> what you want purpose. to do with Kevin Butler. Does Jess yeah. know about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were just twisted and killed my beautiful idea. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, okay. the points thing in all seriousness w- would have been the best option. Everybody would have been happy with that. It's a good idea. So, so now me and Rob need to work at Sony. 
See? There we go. Make, we make it a much, much better place. Me, Rob, and Kevin Butler. We can slide Nick in there, too, as long as he doesn't stalk Kevin too much. I'm no longer interested. <laughs> there may be some workplace harassment going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right, so... so uh, uh, what's, the, what's the last thing on the agenda we got to talk about? The last thing? It's the best thing, obviously. It's the Modern Warfare 3 trailer. Hello. <laughs> the angels came down AK-47s and <laughs> yeah that that was me being sarcastic yeah, um, I know. we, we uh, could have taken that trailer uh, which will be in the show notes for you guys to check out you know the trailer for Modern Warfare 3 but you could have taken that trailer and slapped just Call of Duty 4 or Modern Warfare 2 or Modern Warfare 3, or Modern Warfare 6 on there, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I mean, the whole thing was one big explosion. And a train. Well, that's not fair. What about that rotating W at the end? That was clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like... And for me, like, you know, I guess they're trying to add the shock value of showing, like, Stuff in America being all like you know broken down and you know getting you know bombed and stuff like that. But, but you know what they did that in the last game. They did yes. that in Modern Warfare too. Like they, you, that's not that doesn't really affect me now. Like yeah, it was like as much as I didn't, I thought Modern Warfare two wasn't necessarily as good as uh, you know the the first Modern Warfare. It still had some impact because it was it was an interesting idea, you know, America being invaded for a change, you know, like the the capital being, you know, kind of reduced to rubble in a lot of places and fighting fighting just to keep American soil, you know. Yeah, that was a cool idea, but you did it already. Hey, you don't have to do it again. <laughs> you're, now you're, you're making doing an it even more game. now. Yeah, you're making an entire <laughs> game where it's based around that, except that you know now it's not just America; it's everywhere. Yeah, you, you know. know. It's they show like what the United they showed New York. Uh, the thing going back to Washington, they showed a couple spots in Europe, like Paris and yeah, London. Paris, yeah, there's Paris, Germany, London, America. The game starts in India. Um, one, well, that's one. the other thing. The one thing we did see out of this is they confirmed that that big leak that we got a few weeks back was, looks pretty accurate so far. That you are in fact going to all these locations that they said you were going to be going to. You know, like they could have taken this, and I know they're not going to do it, so I'm not even going to get my hopes up. <laughs> but, but um, I'm going to say it. But oh, Jared said we should do that. Dude. No, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> That dude should be working for Sony. Fuck (laughs) yeah. I know a lot of people, even people who listen to this podcast, do have not. They don't really remember Call of Duty One, like the original, like Call of Duty that came out for PC. Most people who play Call, you know, Modern Warfare, um, are you know they're 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 console people. You know what I'm saying? Call of Duty started for them with caught with. COD4. Like, they didn't even play COD3. They played COD4. You know what I'm saying? That's when Call of Duty started for a lot of these people. The level of intensity that Call of Duty brought to the battlefield was... There was nothing like it. It was insane. And the thing was, like, with Modern Warfare, 
you didn't have those set pieces because you didn't have huge battles like military versus military. You had spec ops versus these guys, and you and your squad versus these guys, you know what I'm saying, or versus these terrorists, you know what I'm saying, whereas yeah. with Call of Duty 1, it was America versus the Germans, it was um, the Russians versus the German army, it was, you know, the British versus the German army, and there was a lot of intensity there with, like, you know, the shells flying and, you know, uh, the cannons and stuff like that. It's hard to describe. It's, like, it's one of those things where you kind of had to be there, you know. <laughs> but it was, um, there was yeah, a lot it was, of... it was great at the time, but let's not forget, though, then eventually kind of hit a saturation point there and everybody was running around going, another World War II game? Haven't we done this enough already? How many times can we store on the beaches of Normandy? There was a st- so... there's still a difference, though. There's still a difference because of the way they did it, as opposed to everybody else. That's true. It was yeah. It, it's it was done to death. No, no doubt they had to get away from World War II eventually. But there was a difference with that being like an actual historic event. Say like you know, not personally, but you know, you know, if your grandfather you stormed the beaches of Normandy, or your great grandfather, or somebody like that. Or, you know, somebody in your family did it, or you heard stories from, you know, somebody who, you know, could tell you about it. To actually get to do that was a big deal because it's like, wow, I'm like, I'm like a part of history right now. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to I'm diminish that care. at all. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. It, it was I, done to death. It was totally, completely, absolutely done to death. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, not saying that. to tie that in. And, and like you guys are saying, oh, maybe we're just hitting that same point now. You know, now it's like, they're going to do this again? Well, this, the thing Let's I'm see, saying Jared, is... Yeah, his point thing, is not that they ever had that. Yeah, know? the thing is, the thing I'm saying is that, like, I know, well, you know, yeah, it's good that they moved away from the World War II games. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they should go back to World War II games. What I'm saying is that the intensity that they created on the battlefield, or that urgency and the feelings that they made you feel, they have the okay. opportunity to do that with this game, but they're not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be the same thing. You and your squad kicking a couple doors, throw a couple bombs, hold down the trigger, spray left and right. The enemies are going to be dumb. They're not going to ambush you. You know, stuff like that. Like, it's going to be like the same run and gun, high, you know, fast paced action type deal as opposed to something that will actually make you, you know, actually make you feel something. You yeah, well, it's been so wildly successful, they have no desire at all to move away from that. Right, because it's it's what's worked. And, you know, unfortunately, what works is what people keep doing until it doesn't work anymore, and then they try something else finally. Yeah. They don't try and necessarily innovate the time of. There are people who are going to buy it still. They're going to get it. There are people who do feel like, you know, Modern Warfare, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 2, this game, that they feel like this is the height of intensity. It's the it's so real. It's so action-oriented. It's so intense. And, you know, yeah. we're, they're free to, you know, we're free to disagree with them. They're free to disagree with us. They speak with their dollars. We speak with ours. But I I agree. It's not... It, it will not. It doesn't have that urgency because they don't make it like a real, you know. They they don't never. They never never make it seem real. There's no. There's no stake in it. You know, when it was a World War II game, as done to death as that was, 
even the you know the the fifteenth time you stormed the beaches of Normandy, it was still America. I'm taking on the Nazis and I'm saving the free world. <laughs> you know, like that's what you were doing, <laughs> and that's uh, why it was that's why it yeah. was special. Uh, you know, modern warfare has just become you know well okay you know again we're you know we're fighting some nameless faceless guys some terrorists. You know. you know what though? I don't. I don't think they've devolved into necessarily like bad games. Like I don't think it's that bad. It, it is. It is what you're saying. Like okay, yeah, we're we're doing this again. It's not. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's. It's not really revolutionizing first person shooters like their legions of fans might have you believe. But they're still solid games. Like they're not bad. And that's the thing. That's why you know. That's why it, it's. I'm not like hypercritical of it from that standpoint. They are solid games, but I don't, you know, it's it's kind of like you said, there's plenty of people who think that it's revolutionary and it's not. You know, right. it's not that revolutionary. I think Modern Warfare, the first Modern Warfare was a big change. It, yeah. it brought games more into the modern era, even games even when games like Ghost Recon had tried to do it. They still hadn't really succeeded on the same level that Modern Warfare did because Modern Warfare really made you feel like you were like elite tactical, you know, special forces type of type of person. And Ghost Recon had tried to do that, but it tried to do it differently, and it was slower paced. It wasn't as action oriented. Um, well, they learned that lesson. Now we got I, Ghost I, Duty to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's our idea too <laughs> um but there there's big stakes in modern warfare and you know there have been since the first game but there becomes a point where the stakes are so big and so dramatic and so extreme that you don't feel any connection to them anymore yeah, it it that, becomes too overdone and you also just eventually become numb to the message they're putting exactly. out there. You get numb to the sensations that it's, you know, uh, I in fact I yeah, I did a little write up on the on the trailer coming out and I said and I and I really like I, I believe this. If you know, now they're looking at World War 3. Biggest conflict of all time that hasn't happened yet. And you know, what bigger can you do? If you try Maybe Activision will uh, actually start World War Three. <laughs> start enlisting gamers, you know. <laughs> That's where we're going next. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so okay, you're doing World War Three now, and you know that they're not going to stop making Call of Duty games. They're going to no. keep going because they can't. You know, until Call of Duty, you know, turns around from selling eight million copies or whatever it sells to selling, you know, five hundred thousand. And they realize, like, okay, we kind of lost it. <laughs> yeah. We kind of lost our touch. Then, you know, it'll turn into, like, well, maybe we should do something different. But they're going to keep going with it until that happens. So after this, you've done World War Three. What else are you going to do? You're going to blow up the planet in every single game? <laughs> like, really, like, you're going to blow up Earth next game. You know, the game after that, you blow up the solar system. Like, what are you going to do? The, like the stakes are so ridiculously large, and you don't get any connection to them because you're never there's never any stake in it for you. Even in a game like say Mass Effect, or you know, or even like say Dragon Age or something, where the the 
it's you know an exceptional circumstance where it's like you know there's these giant sentient machines coming from the dark side of the universe who are coming to eat us and you know reset all of existence so that you know they can make a new civilization to start over again so they can do it all again a couple hundred billion years from now so you You have played prey (laughs) 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 um you know you get those kind of huge stakes but the way that those games are set up, they build you a personal connection. You don't necessarily feel a connection to the fact that, like, okay, well, God, I got to defend, you know, the universe against these giant guys. But eventually the game makes you care enough that you do care to defend the universe right. against these giant mechanical guys. Like, Modern Warfare never really does that. That's where I thought that Medal of Honor did a much better job than, than Call of Duty because, you know, and, and people disagree with me all day long. They are free to, um, but they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but even though Medal of Honor wasn't about you know a nuke being set off, it wasn't about the U.S. being invaded, it wasn't about you know a World War Three. It was basically just you know the Afghanistan war and and trying to get the bad guys and you know kind of you know correct some of the issues of terrorism and and, and you know get rid of that so that it's not a threat to the U.S. Even with that being the case, they still somehow managed to make that make make me feel some kind of way about that more so than I felt about any call any Modern Warfare game. As much as I liked some of the Modern Warfare games, like Medal of Honor made me feel more towards the the characters, towards the game itself than than Call of Duty has managed. Yeah. I mean Call of Duty definitely and even with like Modern Warfare, I think that's when you really you know, you, they lo- you lose touch with the character. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, you know, Jarrett Redding, I am not a super elite soldier that can kick through any door and mow down hordes of enemies. No, I you know don't No, unfortunately, oh, okay, I am sorry. not. That was someone else. That was somebody else. That was no, the other black that guy. That was Kevin Staff. So, <laughs> 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 no, but um, you know, when you have when you playing these characters that are like. And actually, there was a uh, the developer of um, well, the creator, I should say, of um, Heavy Rain was talking about this. He's like that, you know, you need to yeah. create a personal connection between the gamer and the person that they're playing. You know what I'm saying? And that has, yeah, to, be has sli- to be something slightly believable. You know what I'm saying? It has to be like slightly believable. Like, I mean, yeah, you do play video games and do things that you normally can't do, but still, it has to be slightly believable, at least a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's the difference. Like, you know, that that's where the the difference is. I think between the old Call of Duties and the Modern Warfare era. Whereas with the the Modern Warfare area, everything is about the explosion, the bang, the the, the slow motion shot and doing everything huge and outrageous. It's what's going to happen more so than who's it happening to. Exactly. Or or what's the reason that it's happening. Yeah, and like in Call of Duty, some of the stuff, like like Call of Duty 1, Call of Duty 2, some of the stuff that gets you is like the smaller, subtle stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, for example, like in the beginning of Call of Duty 1, uh, after you, you you know you plant this beacon so that the rest of the, the 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 aerial troops can drop, so you do that and so you meet up with your squad and you're you're not in charge of your squad, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you have to listen to your commander. And as you're running, you're, like, you know, your job is to get rid of the AA turrets so that, you know, your planes stop getting shot down. So as you're running toward the AA turrets, you know, those things are kind of loud. So your commander's, like, talking to you. And the closer you get, the less you can actually hear him over the guns like that had like like an impact like it makes you feel like you're there and like uh, you like you know this is really going down yeah and this is important <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we're at war this matters yeah this matters and the thing about what's even though it, i'm not saving the entire universe by doing this what i'm doing still makes a difference exactly like when the thing it just give it helps set the mood so much better than in call of duty you know, kick that door down, shoot that guy, drop that bomb, defuse yeah. the bomb. Like, and come the, on and now. The funny thing about that too is that every, and this is something that I've I've, I've grown to hate hate about first person shooters, is that now it's not you're a guy in a company of you know, of of officer. You know, you're not a guy in a, in a company of soldiers. You're not you know, a cog in the machine and not that you should always be a cog in the machine or anything like that, but that you're in, in every first person shooter. Now you're the guy who has to do stuff Home front. For example, I, I, I've mentioned this before on another podcast, I'm sure, but I never understood why in home front, there's an established resistance against the Korean military insurgents that has taken over America. And, the the resistance has been around since you know America got invaded, and your character was just a guy who could fly a plane. Basically, you you're a guy who you're you're an Air Force officer. You could you could fly a plane, and that's why they sprung you when you're on your way to you know meet your maker more or less. And from the moment that they rescue you, you become like John Connor. You become the resistance. You're you're the guy who has to do everything. Right. You have to throw that grenade to blow up those guys because somehow, even though they somehow survived this long, the resistance is no longer able to do these things. <laughs> you like and and it's like that in every single game. Call of Duty really is the, is where that got started, and I get it from a design perspective to a certain you know like in moderation that you do that because you want players to feel more involved, you want them to make them feel like they're important. But at the same time, like to create any real sense of like realism, sometimes you gotta let that go. You can't always have you got your guy be Superman. That's what Halo was for. That's who Master Chief was. <laughs> he, he was that guy because he was the only one left. You know, you play Halo you play Halo Reach and then suddenly you're not the only Spartan and it's not you you're under somebody else's command you're not you're not the guy doing everything you know you're dangerous still you're still important but you don't have to be the guy every single moment of every single thing that happens in the game and i really i hate that and call of duty is where that happens the most you know where it's like you go slip that guy's throat because I don't want to get shot at when you screw it up. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like that's that's kind of how it feels. It's like you go do that because I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it's just kind of silly. Is really what it is. So like I mean, Call of Duty does things well, and that's why it's been successful. But some of the things it does well, it does it kind of shallowly, you know, in a shallow manner. It's not really. It doesn't really matter. It has no real impact when it when it all is said and done. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the general consensus, uh, consensus 
between a lot of, I guess, the the harder core gamers as opposed to the ones that would just buy Call of Duty every year because they, they like that. You know what I'm saying? They like that big over-the-top type yeah. game. That's why yeah. it is it's kept most of the gamers because, I mean, you don't get 10 million gamers out of nowhere buying a game and have all of them be the same gamers that were buying games before when games weren't selling that many. A lot of those gamers who are buying Call of Duty are not hardcore gamers, even though they might think of themselves as hardcore gamers. They're not because that's all they play. And you can play that game hardcore, but that doesn't mean you're a hardcore gamer. And you know, and and some people that might upset somebody to say that. <laughs> but or you can't even. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm just saying that, that. You know, but it's the truth. They're it, it's ca- You know, they're basically casual gamers. They're not. Farmville casual, but they're casual in their own way. You know, it's casual gamers buying Call of Duty so that they don't they don't necessarily see the same problems with it that say we see because yeah they haven't been you know they haven't they have been no frame of reference so yeah they're not exposed to other games where things are done differently the games before it Call of Duty before Modern Warfare ever came out you know that sort of thing yeah. I was going to say that, you know, you can even say there's a separation between actual gamers and people who just like to play games. Like, in my opinion, casual gamers are just people who like to play games, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? But, like, to actually be a gamer, part of that community, part of that culture, like, come on, guys. You got to want a little more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if Call of Duty costs 30 bucks, that's one thing. But Call of Duty, it's 60 bucks. I I want more depth for my 60 bucks. Right, and 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 the Call of Duty has also kind of popularized the idea that you know, as long as your game has extensive multiplayer, it doesn't need a real good story mode. Yeah, I when mean, it comes down to it, the, the story mode in Call of Duty is training modes. They're training modes for multiplayer. Despite how many ever nukes get set off, you know how many how many knives you throw into somebody's face, <laughs> it's it's still just a training mode for multiplayer because a five hour long single player game. That's not really all that satisfying. Really, when it's all said and done, isn't really a single player at all. And how many people never even bother with that? You know, how many people just pick it up and just go straight into the multiplayer and never because even played, think about playing? Because the since they player. played Modern Warfare already, they know what they expect and yeah. they can do that. And that's kind of a shame too, <laughs> because there's there's so little that really that really changes that mm. you don't really have to even play the single player. There's and the fact that people skip it means that they know. That there's not really anything that's going on that that's a real connection. There's not there's not anything that grabs them that makes them play the single player. I have never heard of a single person who says I buy Call of Duty for the single player campaign. Not since like not in the Modern Warfare era. Yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find individuals who are doing that. Right. On top of that, that means you're paying five. You know, you're paying sixty dollars for five hours of gameplay. You're retarded. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but, but you know, outside of that, I've never heard anybody say it because people know better. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. The only reason I even bought Black Ops was to was because of the podcast that we did. Other than that, I wouldn't even have experienced it. Yeah. But it all it did was solidify <laughs> what I had already thought. You know, uh, same thing with uh, Modern Warfare Two, which. Fortunately, I did not buy. I did get a chance to play the single player. Just like really, like it's too much, you know. <laughs> and it's affecting other games, which is kind of it's kind of pissing me off. I really wish, but that's not Call of Duty's fault. 
That's the other no, developer's that's, fault. That's the other developers. Because okay. Call of Duty could do that all day long, and as long as it's successful to them, they have that choice. You do that, yeah. because that's what works for you. But not everybody has to follow suit. Well, you know what, you know what, guys? The last free man needs to come back and show everybody how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, I joke about that, but in all seriousness. You have to, but that has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Has some indication of when that'll actually happen. Yeah, oh, man. I'm holding out hope for eventually. Personally, you have to hold out hope <laughs> for Freeman. You yeah. have no choice. Well, until I kidnap Gabe, and then you know it'll be on. But <laughs> oh, we're going back to that again. I thought we were going to pretend you never said that. <laughs> hey, it was already out there. It's recorded. Gabe, you know what the deal is. Let's just make sure that never happens, and let's get Half Life Three out. Okay. Please. Yeah, we don't want to kidnap you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's it gets really complicated and we'd rather not do it. We just want episode three. And uh you know, that's all. If you want to talk about it, give me a call, send me an email, something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh yeah. Kojima's already calling them, so you know exactly, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk to Kojima, he has my number. Yeah, we come highly <laughs> recommended. <laughs> For whatever it is that we do, <laughs> oh, you know. So, so but um, yeah, yeah. Let's. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I think that's. I mean, I that's kind of just in my piece, really. That's. I know that there are people who are going to be excited for Modern Warfare Three coming out, but you know, for one thing, the video didn't really show anything that wasn't already known from the leak. I know that Activision's trying to like do damage control to some extent. Um but really, it kind of just confirmed that, like, okay, the league was pretty much right. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of things that are going to be different, but, like, I, I don't see things being that that different, especially since the trailer pretty much confirmed everything <laughs> so far. Right. right down to, like, what settings you're going to be looking at and what's going on. You know? So, yeah. exciting for some people, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be more at E3. You know, maybe they'll show something that hasn't been shown before. Um... I, you know, not much going on aside from that. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything too out of the ordinary with the trailer that we, we've seen. You know, the one thing I did notice is that the guys do look like Ghost Recon. Yes, <laughs> a... yes they're just borrowing from each other now. They're, they're <laughs> like Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon's trying to be more like Call of Duty. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> You know, they look yeah, like I'll trade you one set of night vision goggles for one nuclear explosion. Yeah, they're exactly. like working out backroom deals. And... Yeah, I mean, and the only thing they're that not, I but... saw in, the, in Modern Warfare in the trailer that really, I guess, would be of any interest, and that's for people who you know really like the games and play them. It seems like the uh, the same uh, antagonist from a large portion of, of Modern Warfare Two is returning for Modern Warfare 3, which, you know, I guess makes sense. He was kind of the bad guy, you know, up until very late in the game in Modern Warfare 2, so, you know, unless they're just using his voice again, in which case, kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I, you know, after, after a while, they all kind of start to sound the same. A war can be caused by one man. <laughs> so... You know, but that's that was really the only thing I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. They're actually gonna, you know, he's he's back. All right, who else is gonna be back? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, All right, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm expecting it to be more of the specialist uh, style Call of Duty, like, uh, you know, you're the man, and you're gonna save the world. Yeah. <laughs> if if you know, 
if there's three different characters, one of them will get killed early in the game. The other two, you know, you'll play as one of them for part of the game and one aspect of it, and then you'll play as like main character who's who's exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, best case scenario for me, they focus more on the soldier aspect, and you fight actually fighting through these environments. You know what I'm saying? And not just you dropping into New York so you can do this one thing because you're the man. And then flying, <laughs> flying over to London because, you know, you're that guy. You're the you man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Don't be jealous and, of his madness. Is, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Like, I actually want them to be, like, you know, from the soldier perspective to actually be fighting and you know New what? York, yeah. You make a good point too there because that was something I found to be the most interesting thing in Modern Warfare 2. You know, when they, you know, took you on American soil and you were fighting, you know, in a suburb in Virginia, you know, to you know, to drive out the Russians, you were just a guy, you know, in the in the company of soldiers. You know, you were just a guy fighting for, you know, fighting for America. And that kind of like got gave me like a twinge of like wow you know what that's kind of cool but they don't stay they never stayed with it long enough for it to matter you know no, because the only, the only reason they do this because the man needs a bathroom break you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's all he's like i gotta take five guys and yeah you know. you know i gotta go to my trailer for a little bit and powder my nose yeah and it, and that's kind of a shame because it really it should be more of one and less of the other at least that's my opinion. Because, I mean, when you're playing multiplayer, what are you playing? You're playing some guy, really, when you come down to it. You're I hate not that guy. A man. You're, you're not playing the man in multiplayer. You're not, you know, running in and kicking everybody's door down and, you know, punching a guy in the face and, and killing everybody on the opposing team. People like to think that they do that. <laughs> Obviously, you've never seen me play. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, yeah. so we'll see what happens, and you know, I really do hope. Cause I'm always up for a good game, and I do hope that they do, do, something I, do something new. And if they can, if they can bring the intensity from Call of Duty One, like the real intensity, not the manufactured crap they've been doing since Modern Warfare, but the real intensity that they had with Call of Duty One and Call of Duty Two, and put it into this new Call of Duty, I'll be happy. But before it, I'll yeah. We'll see but what I happens. Yeah, well, it's not like we've played it yet or anything. So, I mean, we've yeah, made some but... judgments that are probably pretty fair considering Maybe, what we've yeah. seen and historical um, references of what's where the series is going. But... Well, yeah, we're making assumptions, so you know, people, you can feel free to disagree because I know, like I said, I know that there's people who who are in love, who are in love, and, and Call of Duty can do no wrong, and that is fine. But what I saw in that trailer doesn't give me any kind of a thought that anything is going to be different in this game than it has been in the last ones. Some new settings, maybe, you know, some slightly updated graphic engine. That's about it. Yeah. So we'll find out soon enough because E3 is two weeks away. So, um, you know, we'll be covering E3 and we'll definitely be looking to see what they have to say about Modern Warfare because you know they're going to talk about it. There's no way they're not going to talk about it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, um, you know, but they might be like, well, since everything was leaked two weeks ago, we're not saying anything. No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> now they'll, uh, you know, we'll definitely hear about it, you know, at E3. And, uh, you know, we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Um, 
But that's gonna that's that's gonna end the podcast for us. That we that took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but hey, it's Call of Duty, so yeah, you know, gotta gotta go big, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> gotta go the man. You gotta yeah. be the man. You gotta go big. If they're gonna blow the planet, we should at least blow the podcast. You there know? you go. Exactly. <laughs> gotta make some kind of contribution to this. You gotta make a contribution to the Call of Duty yeah. calls. Exactly. I feel we've done our part now. We we sleep well tonight. Yes, we I salute think. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I guess in terms of, uh, well, you know, we did say E3 is, uh, you know, two weeks from now, but, um, in terms of games coming out, let's see, what do we have? Uh, looks like Red Faction Armageddon's coming out. Did any of you get a chance to play that at PAX? I did not, no. Wait, which one? Red, Red Faction Armageddon. Um, no, because I didn't really hear... That it was all that at least at least the mode that they were showing. I, uh, let me be more clear: not that the game itself looked bad, but that the mode that they were showing was kind of like a kind of a not a great representation of of the game itself. I it was can, more or less just run around and blow stuff up. It's exactly it, what it was. Yeah, uh, that, was that was a yeah. horrible idea. I mean, why would they do that? It was like a comp. It was like a little contest they had going. But basically, you were running around blowing stuff up. They had that awesome mech thing there. That probably got more attention than the actual game did. Oh, it did. They, like, the line always was long. The line was always long to go yeah, in there. True. But the the wait time was like not even five minutes because it took no time to uh, to get through that. But um, yeah, because what it was like a two minute long like thing, and not even it, and, sixty seconds, dude. Sixty yeah, seconds, and and all it was was a demolition derby. That is yeah, literally so, all it was. So, so not. Uh, bad thing necessarily but like it's not a good representation of the yeah, game I that couldn't. shouldn't have been the only thing that they showed yeah so bottom line is I, ha- I have absolutely no idea what Red Faction Armageddon is about or what it's like <laughs> not really well, that could be part of their it, whole it, thing where, where PAX East suffers from being just a few months shy of E3 you know they could be planning I'm not saying that they are maybe we'll see it at E3 and it'll be like Underwhelming, but who knows? Maybe they'll blow it, blow a little off. Of I don't E3. think it's so. Really cool because it comes out the thirty first. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, it comes out prior to E three. Shut up! Yeah. Now. It is. <laughs> that's why we're talking about it because it comes out. <laughs> it comes out thirty first, so I don't think they're going to be showing well, anything. Great. It will be before our next podcast, too. So I was. Yeah. All yeah. I know about Red Faction I that I could say really is that uh, it takes place uh, like a while after the the rebellion on Mars. Um, that's in, in Red Faction Guerrilla. Uh, they go underground for some reason. I actually don't know why. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't finish Armageddon, or I'm not. Not sorry, not Armageddon, but uh, Guerrilla. I think it was Red Faction Guerrilla, right? Yeah. Um, I never finished that, but they go underground for some reason, and they find out that there's other life on Mars, being you know shockers and stuff. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like didn't we see that in the movie already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, wait, real quick here. Uh, I'm looking actually now. The game has been pushed back. It's June 7th. Oh, so. It's so actually coming out the week out. Don't worry, right in the middle of that. E3. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, wait, so wait. It's coming out the same day as Infamous 2? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, that's dead. probably not a good decision. <laughs> here lies Red Faction Armageddon. <laughs> it, it, it was sad that it died so young. It had potential. <laughs> that we that we didn't know about, we can only uh, speculate. Good luck on the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and pretty much. So, so basically, they go on out there. They find out that there's monsters and stuff. Basically, they're kind of changing all of Red Faction, really, because Red Faction was always kind of like a, a you against other people. You know, you're fighting against totalitarian regimes and stuff of that nature. Right. And, yeah. And now it's just turned into like you know the monster mash more or less, and it's yeah, you know kind of upsetting, but it gets to show off what the games have become known for now since Gorilla, which is you know, the destructible environments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I, I think of when I think Red Faction. I <laughs> yeah. think I'm going to skip that one. I will be picking up Infamous 2, though. Day of release. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be picking up Infamous 2, and if you're not thinking yeah, about picking, it, picking up Infamous 2, you're, you have a problem, and you should seek help. Yeah, I'm, I'm about 30% into the game, according to my save file, and it's very good. It's it's similar to the first one in a lot of ways. With may have said some people a little bit, but play it for a few hours and you start getting some really badass powers. And it has to it has to be somewhat familiar to people. I mean, that's why they changed the character back to you know Cole. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, that would have been. I'm glad they did that. So, all right, yeah, the only two games really coming out to uh, you know during that time or in the next two weeks for the match next match cast. Um, the next Smashcast recording will actually be the Friday that E3 is over. So, um, there's not going to be a special edition. You'll just hear from, you know, us on, you know, that Monday. Yeah. And our thoughts. Yeah, the aftermath of E3. Um, also, something that you're going to hear that week of E3. Uh, we're starting a new podcast called Jumpstart. Um, not going to be like the Mashcast. So you don't have to dedicate another, you know, hour and a half, two hours to listen to it. It's actually going to be a weekly podcast. It's going to be about five to ten minutes. And basically what it's going to do is it's going to recap all the previous news from last week. And, well, not all of it, sorry. Key news from last week. And big things. Like big PlayStation things. Network not going up. And things yeah. of that nature. <laughs> exactly. And then give you a preview of the week to come. You know, new games coming out, events happening. You know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to keep that low uh, in terms of time. Like, you know, five, ten minutes. And we actually think we can do it with that one. Unlike the MASHcast, which we aim for an hour. And we're definitely over an hour right now. <laughs> but, um... Constantly. too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're going to... You know, that'll be. You should see that on Monday morning. Uh, we're gonna try to get that on iTunes. You know, as soon as we can, so that uh, you know, you can just you know pop your iPod on in the morning, sync it up, and then you know be on your way. And then you'll be like have like godlike knowledge because you'll know what happened last week. So um, that's something you should look out for. Uh, also, um, you know, if just. Drop us a line if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Love us, hate us, let us know. Uh, you can visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Leave uh, you know a comment in the comment section. Um, you maybe listen to this to this through SoundCloud, um, but if you're not, you know it's SoundCloud.com/slash/mashthosebuttons. Uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at uh, you know MTB site and also Facebook. You know Facebook.com slash mash those buttons so it's all pretty all pretty consistent you know consistent Oof. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, about that time and you know we're heading out heading out of here so we will catch you guys later ta-ta, ta-ta. damn it wow <laughs> <laughs> jinx <laughs> all right see ya <laughs> peace